0: Welcome to the Plastic Please Restore Podcast.
1: We are your hosts, Trey the Explainer. And me, Miles Greb. A podcast about the natural world.
0: Things that people claim are part of the natural world.
1: And things that used to be.
0: And Trey, we're finally back, my man. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. It's been a while. It's been
0: quite a time. It's, it's been like two months because we had uh, Christmas time mm-hmm. and New Year's time and family times. Mm-hmm and um i went to disneyland how was that was that fun oh it was good i took my five-year-old nephew uh first ride i took him on was indiana jones ride which i think scared him because oh no uh, he he doesn't um get like buy into fantasy explanations that well so i had to give him like sci-fi explanations right um Uh so i'm like okay each of these are a portal to these different dimensions so like it's real that's why we're going down there he's like okay yeah portal to Ancient Underground City, I got it. And so when we we're going down there, I'm like, yeah, and don't look into the thing's eyes because you're turned to stone, right? Which is like the plot of that ride. And he like mm-hmm. didn't look at most of the ride. Oh my god. <laughs> he was legitimately scared of turning into stone. So I might have ruined the Indiana Jones ride for him, but he really liked Just- every ride after that. So
1: Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. remember when I was a kid, I went to uh Disney, what's the one on the East Coast? Disneyland.
0: Disneyland like uh, is I in
1: went- California, Disney World oh, is in no. Florida. Disney World, okay, okay. I went on the uh, Yeti ride, and I was yeah, like, scared the crap out of me. I, I closed my eyes because I, I didn't want to see the Yeti. It was, ter- it was terrifying. But
0: dude, I wanted to tell you when we were – I almost, like, just sent the video to you. But I didn't want to be rude. Uh, my <laughs> sister and I were in line because we, like, waited up. My nephew went to bed at 9. We were, at like, 10 o'clock, 10.30 at Disneyland, and we were in the Matterhorn line. And these kids behind me, one of them was like, what's a Yeti? And I was like, I don't know. And they're, like, looking up on their phone, and they're like, oh, wow, there's these really cool monsters. And one guy's like, are they real? And the guy's like, well, there's like a lot of pictures of them. And they're like, oh wow, that's cool. They're like literally like trying to figure out if yetis were real. Because they were like the or and I just wanted to see something so bad, but I just like I was just watching it. It was like an anthropology moment. Like people you're learning about yetis for the first time.
1: That's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it Some was beautiful. kids going unaware yeah.
0: what a yeti is. That's great. But no, it's a really good <laughs> trip. You know, I um I avoided the tainted part of the park the best I could and um, oh you know, yes yeah, yeah. I, I like the dark rides a lot you know because i like 2d animation right so that was really fun and i took them to medieval times um mm, that's cool
1: yeah which do you know about medieval times medieval time it's like we're like it's like uh it's almost almost it's almost like chuck e cheese it's like a place where you can take your your family to and they like joust and you can and yeah
0: they have a big pit in the middle and they have like a king or queen and, like, you get different colors of what your sides are, and you got to root for your knight, and they fight and everything. And you get to eat with your hands and drink dragon's blood and eat a pheasant. <laughs> we have it here. I've never been to Medieval Times, so that sounds fun. Oh, it's fun. It's you would love it, man. It's fun. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we went to that. And our guy won. The Red Knight won. So that was fantastic. Um, they made the Red and Yellow Knight, the bad guy, like, super sexist. And he did oh queen <laughs> and i felt <laughs> bad for the people in the red and yellow side because they're like yeah go red and yellow night then he's like fuck women and then they're like oh ooh. <laughs> uh, we ooh, were women. the other guy or <laughs> but he lost that's he really died funny. he died for his sins so he you know, killed
1: not... he, he, they kill people well, in these things? yeah it's a sword like, like not real you know
0: yeah oh no God. no nobody actually died um they're actors
1: you know <laughs> That, I, I don't, that sounds, it, you, you sound like the coolest uncle ever that you're taking Oh, years. yeah, I'm fucking rad, dude. That's like, awesome. Yeah,
0: it, it was really fun. I,
1: I looked up Medieval Times and I see the meal and I see yeah. corn. I see yeah. corn. That's a historical inaccuracy right there. They didn't have corn I know because it's
0: fucking American. Like, it's like the most American <laughs> of all food.
1: It's like that just, one um,
0: Christopher Columbus movie where in the beginning they like show his farm and there's like turkeys on it
1: oh oh is that 1492 yeah you're like
0: okay oh God. man <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> such an american thing you know fucking turkeys and corn and you have them in a european setting <laughs> that's i don't know a good
1: thing. you're a good yeah. uncle that's that's awesome that sounds like a fun time
0: yeah it was really cool man a lot of fun and uh you know uh he got a little hoverboard for christmas and a robot dog
1: <laughs> oh damn and then we watched
0: powerpuff girls and hang out and ate pies you know good time so that's awesome dang yeah. and we were all vaccinated and wore our masks and stuff so none of us got covid so that was pretty rad too
1: that's cool that's cool yeah oh awesome i'm trying what to think about you I how, was your,
0: it? how was your christmas and two months away from the show
1: oh i was good i i made i finally published that iceberg video and it, it yeah blew and nobody
0: likes it. it got no views too
1: bad. everybody hated it worst performing video ever it's no, still he got at 2.2 2, no 2.5 right now million 2.5 million yeah fucking is, baller dude which is nuts because it, it that's like almost triple what i typically get at that time or whatever in the amount yeah, of times it's on that iceberg that. trend my man <laughs> i know everybody likes icebergs and my i remember my talking to my dad i'm gonna throw him under the bus i feel bad my dad was telling me i was telling him about the video and he's like that's too long it's like 50 minutes he's like that's too long you need to split it up into parts and I I stuck to my guns and and it paid off. Everybody loves. Well, it's the a really good video. Videos. It,
0: it, it's basically he just comes at you like shotgun style with like here's a weird thing and here's a weird thing from history.
1: <laughs> and so. I kept on adding to it. Like that's why I kept on getting longer and longer. I was I would read a cool fact. I'm like oh I need to edit that in. He brought up some there. of my
0: favorites like donkey headed Jesus that we talk about on here sometimes. Oh yeah,
1: donkey yeah. Head of Jesus. I talked about Star Wars archaeology. Yeah, yep. and find the. Yep. The sites, the filming sites, still out there in the desert. Yeah,
0: and you brought up that thing that I I try to talk about sometimes. We're like a lot of people in history just did stupid, dumb shit. You know, like write their oh, names, yeah. like I was here stuff. You know, you have that one there. So, yeah, man, yeah. really good, really thank good, you. fantastic video. Everybody should go like and subscribe and ring that bell for Trey. And then also oh, we you. have our own shit on YouTube now.
1: Yes, we. Fi- I finally posted the the little the clips of the first podcast episode on YouTube. Yep. Yeah, so uh, if you it. want
0: to hear Trey and I on YouTube with some images and my fantastic Photoshop slideshow
1: work. Um, oh, yeah. his editing is great, guys. His editing so much fun. I was like chuckling to myself because I. So he edited it. I uploaded it, um, and and his editing. It's pretty fun. It's pretty good. I, I, like I don't
0: know how so to cute. make the images move and do fancy cool stuff, but. I think I have funny images, so that's the that's what you can get from me. I'll get better though. I'll do this like I'll do the second your, one.
1: Yeah, I like seeing your Final Fantasy I like edits. Oh yeah. The... Well
0: Listen I'm to always that. gonna throw that in there, man. I'm Final Fantasy fanboy <laughs> through and through And now it's time for another plastic baby sword podcast intro. but hey we got a um a guest on the pod today we do we do yeah i think he's muted right now let's let's unmute yourself and introduce yourself my man
2: Hey, I just—I didn't want to. I muted myself because I didn't want to, uh, didn't want to uh, interrupt the uh, the glad handling uh, back padding you guys had going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. it's an important part of the show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but that's awesome, Trey. Uh, Trey, this is my first time meeting you. Good to meet you. Uh, yeah, my name nice is uh, Russ Dobler. Um, I'm the current president of the New York City Skeptics, uh, and I uh, do something I call Aipt Science which is on the uh, comic book pop culture website, AIPT, AIPTcomics.com. Um, and uh, we do all kinds of things, mostly comics, but movies and TV and video games and, and everything pop culture. Um, we have a good relationship with Marvel. We do an X-Men column with them every week and, uh, you know, a bunch of other stuff. And I have my own little corner uh, where I do science and pop culture, but these days it's mostly skepticism in pop culture. So, um, I don't think anyone else really does that, or at least to that degree.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that you guys definitely um understand kind of like skepticism with a capital S and bring it to pop culture, which is of course something you know I've been really interested in. And so I'm glad that you do a lot of that work because I know a lot of that work can, can be thankless and hard work. Yeah. Um also it can be a bit prickly because some people see skepticism as like, you know, being cynical or negative. So finding a way to not necessarily debunk things, but look at things through like a materialist, critical thinking view, and, but then making it fun and still get clicks can be difficult. And so I think you do a good job of that.
2: Mm. Yeah. And, uh, well, obviously, I was needling you earlier because we've known each other for a long time. I yeah, think, yeah. Uh, I, think uh, I interviewed you when you first started uh, after the gold rush, uh, I believe. And I don't even know how many years ago that was.
0: Yeah, it was like um, five years ago after I was on SGU and they interviewed me and yeah. stuff. And then I started getting
1: interviews with you guys. Dang, five years ago? That's yeah. awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, five years ago or in COVID years, 27 years. Yeah, 27 years don't really years.
1: count, you know? Yeah. Like- <laughs> COVID years are like presidency years. They like age you rapidly. Oh, yeah, it's rough, <laughs> man. Um, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely
2: right. I mean, uh, the number one rule, I think Matt Brady of a, another site called thescienceof.org uh, – if he didn't say it first, I'm going to credit him with saying it. Uh, the number one rule is always don't kill the fun because, mm. uh, you know, there's no point in that. You're not going to reach the people that you really need to reach. So it's, it's always a matter of, well, here is what we saw in this TV show or in this comic or whatever. And maybe that's not exactly right, but it kind of relates to this other cool thing that we can talk about.
0: Um, what do you think about the use of the word skepticism as like a group? Um, or uh, some might call it a movement, because you know there 's been kind of like ups and downs as it as a collective movement if it even is, and uh, certain people who have been on our podcast before um, have tried to distance themselves from it, maybe successfully or unsuccessfully, so how do you feel like that term is um, being applied and how does it feel to you right now
2: uh i don 't really care honestly okay. <laughs> I mean this is no but it's i i my not caring is a good conversation, believe it or not. Sure. <laughs> because um, it's, you know, one of the people in New York City skeptics is really hates the word. And I get it. I totally get all the reasons, but like we're kind of stuck with it at this point. I mean, uh, you know, turn of the century, we had obviously atheism isn't the same thing as skepticism, but the atheists tried to call themselves the Brights, which was just an
1: absolute yeah, I, disaster. I'm <laughs> not fond of that. <laughs> I, I don't remember this. This is this is interesting. No,
0: the Daniel did it. It was his idea, and a couple other people, I think. But
1: yeah. the brights.
2: Yeah. So of course everyone was like, "Oh, you think you're so much smarter than us, you asshole!" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so it's just yeah. So it's like at some point you need to start stop navel gazing and just do the work. And you know, I think I'm at the point where yeah, maybe there's a better word out there. I actually ha- held an event once where we all tried to we all spitballed and tried to come up with better words. And I was like, all right, if we can't do it this time, we're we're just forgetting about it. And and nobody came up with anything. So I'm like, that's it. I don't want to hear anything else.
0: Yeah, I just <laughs> my, my personal opinion is like with the terms atheist or skeptic is like if you try to say you're not an atheist, but you are just explaining that, like, you don't believe in, you know. Um, theist claims and like are a materialist people are like oh so you're an atheist so like you're just kind of acting like dishonest yeah. almost and like i think it's a bad way to start a conversation it almost seems like you're being cagey so i think it's just good to be open about it and as for skeptic i i agree that there's you know there's a lot of people who are contrarians that are attracted to the skeptic point of view and sometimes contrarians can be contrarians about ethical issues and end up on the really wrong side or not being mm-hmm. empathetic. you know like you saw that a lot of like people kind of like threading the needle on different discussions uh, regarding like systematic racism in America, where I'm like it's not the best time to be a contrarian about this right now, man, and like <laughs> that that can kind of poison the well a bit, but I think like we are skeptics, that's like it was there for Sagan and James Randi, and it's there for us, and it's like this continuation, so I just think we're stuck with it and if we're not happy yeah. how it's perceived, then we should work on the perception and not pretend like we're not skeptics, yeah. is my opinion.
2: And that's and that's one of the reasons, kind of one of the lucky things about doing what I do where I do it is that I, most people coming to AIPT cold aren't looking for my material. They're looking True. for a Batman review or yeah. <laughs> comic previews or whatever. So if they happen to stumble onto something that I wrote that uses the word skepticism and explains it a little bit, then they're probably – I call it prehabbing the word. I don't have to rehab it if they don't sure. already know all the baggage. So if somebody comes in cold and says, What's this skepticism thing? I can kind of whatever the opposite of poison the well is. I don't Nutrify,
1: clean the well, detox, yeah.
0: but not, not, not the fake <laughs> kind of detox.
1: <laughs> well, what do you think, Trey? Because you don't have skepticism in your bio. So i don't i don't i just what i have in my bio i'm trying to think like i say i have z grade youtuber or something like that yeah. <laughs> and, um i i talk i i don't know like skeptic as a word i i consider myself a skeptic but when people hear the word skeptic like especially like i don't know like my family or the sort of background they've come in they think of like like contrarian you're just you're just being a nitpicker yeah. and stuff um i guess it has, it has this negative association to it um Similar with atheists, like I consider myself an atheist, but like when people think of atheists, they think of like, um, was it? The, the fedora hat or whatever. The, whatever I, I fucking happened. hate that That shit pisses me off, Quite honestly, when people do that mean. It's so stupid. It, it, I, I agree. Um, people just think have this idea of what atheists or skeptics are. And I think it like, they think that you're rude or mean and you're, um, just trying to like ruin other people's fun, which is not what I think it's meant to be.
3: I also
0: think it's a little ethnocentric to, like, just deal with it like a certain kind of Western male atheist. They're basically criticizing when, like, there's atheists in all these different cultures that have a much harder time with it. And you just kind of, like, diminish the movement as a whole. And these other people and more theocratically, like, cultured or governments, you know, they have to deal with shit. And, like, just to minimize the movement to, like, a certain kind of, like adolescent male that you don't like is just kind of shitty i don't like it
1: it is is. and there's always been skeptics that's the thing in history is you you hear people mention that they all there's always people that doubted the norms or the belief systems and it's it's abraham lincoln was a skeptic he used to abraham um, lincoln yeah they
0: used to have seances and stuff mary todd did and he would like like fake it and make noises and try to like figure out what the Saying what oh, I was wait. doing with this well, cold reading and hold shit. Hold on.
2: I I if I'm not mistaken, Abraham Lincoln had a dream that he would be killed at Ford's Theater. So I don't <laughs> want to hear, I don't want to hear that. Uh, but, a vision <laughs> but but Trey, I, I totally get where you're coming from because when I uh, this past summer I did something uh, a little online conference I called the AIPT Sci-Fi Fest uh <laughs> with a ph um, and I had a bunch of cool people come in and give uh, talks, video talks. Which is on the New York City Skeptics YouTube, by the way, if you want to check it out. All the talks oh, nice. are there forever. Um, and I wanted to get as much skepticism in there. Like I had somebody talking about ghosts and I had uh, a bunch of stuff. Oh, We did, that, of course, our big thing with James Tynan of the Department of Truth and his conspiracy theory comic. Um, mm. But I made the conscious decision like you. I didn't put the word skeptic anywhere in that because I wanted to – you know, I figure, all right, the website is where I can work on people and, and prehab. But now I just kind of want, I don't want any questions. Like, I want people to see science and philosophy and say, oh, that's cool. I'm going to go check that out.
1: Right. Yeah, that's what I've sort of had is where, like, you want science to be, like, approachable to people and and that to get investigated. You don't want them to get sort of turned off by that yeah. you're being hostile or something like that. I, I think you
2: got to you got to pick your battles and pick your places. Yeah.
1: I think part of the culture and history of
0: skepticism, which is important, is mm-hmm. there's kind of this uh, tradition of keeping an eye on the rubes and the charlatans and knowing who they are and the way that they act because they're very clever at you know saying outlandish things but making them seem plausible and getting you know access to power and money. And the skeptic community has for decades now, like known who they are, the way that they act. And I think it's important. You have people like, you know, 60 minutes basically bringing on a bunch of like complete charlatans to talk about UFO connection to the Pentagon, which, you know, I can debunk pretty easily and I'm not that fucking smart or connected, you know, and like they can't do it because they don't have any skeptics in the building. None of the skeptics looked at it. And, you know, this happens with all kinds of stuff, you know, ghost stories or fake medical stories or, you know, the U.S. Air Force is spending money on acupuncture right now. And this is because, like, there's not any skeptics there to tell them that this is fake and show them this evidence. So there's, like, a culture of being aware of, you know, woo and humbuggery that skeptics know. And I think that that's important. And I think that, that continuing that culture of teaching people this stuff is important because there's a lot of charlatans out there and it, it gets worse during a pandemic. So, like, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, this yeah. culture is important. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's it's the thing is... I agree with you, but at the same time, it's like I don't think you have to be at well, I think this is pretty obvious that you don't have to be a self described skeptic to be skeptical. which oh, like sure. I would consider I would consider a good journalist to be skeptics whether they know it or not. And you don't need somebody like um, you know, you don't need uh Robert Schaefer on your on staff at sixty minutes to say, wait a minute, let me go check into Lou Elizondo's background and see yeah, what he actually did, says.
0: But nobody That's did the thing. though. Right? that's so like, the I mean, thing yeah i i don't think they understand they should have the system, they absolutely
2: yeah. whoever whoever was in the building any good journalist would have been like let's go check this guy out so
0: it's so easy yeah. right like i mean like let's just I I, look into who owns skinwalker ranch and like yeah. i mean how could you like take those people seriously on 60 minutes i still it just blows my mind that this happened but it popped the yeah. rating so yeah i guess man i mean i just i don't know i used to be a journalist you know i was the editor-in-chief of the newspaper and like we get taught ethics,
2: you know, and I—I <laughs> yeah.
0: I took this yeah. seriously, but I guess like, they don't give a fuck. So,
1: oh yeah, willing to make sac—like they're willing to just not be truthful just to get clicks and stuff. That's the world we're yeah. in. Oh. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, you well, can see. I mean, like word. let's say like something less serious. I mean, like Nathan Fielder, Nathan for you, he gets on the news all the time with this fake stuff, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. My name is Nathan Fielder, and I graduated from one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades. Think I'm thinking about the like, moved the boxes, right, in his weightlifting thing. He got on all these shows talking about it. Like,
1: what, what's that thing, Miles, that you showed me with the yo-yo, yo-yo master?
0: Oh yeah, that, that freaking do. Uh, what's his <laughs> name from What We Do in the Shadows? Um. My name is Colin Robinson, and I am what's known as a psychic vampire
2: or energy vampire. Colleen, what are you doing in here? This is my bedroom. I'm resting.
1: Am I a morning person? That would be an enthusiastic yes.
2: I've I've never had anyone in here. I have a strobe light up and a couple speakers playing uh, some acid jazz. I have some paintings, some pictures i got i found it at a
0: holiday inn so it's basically fucking colin robinson pretending to be a really bad yo-yo expert right like he goes on and saying he's like a yo-yo champ but he's like divorced and out of a job or whatever like he sucks at yo-yo but he got on like (laughs) 10 or 7 different freaking like you know morning shows and stuff and like i don't know man like these are the people who are supposed to also report on if like new COVID cures are real or not, <laughs> you know? And so like, yeah, it's silly. The, the yo-yo guy got on there, but like, how are they supposed to report on fringe science? And it's, it's validity. They, they don't have the epistemology or the rules to do it. And I think that skeptics kind of get trained up in this. And I think it, yeah. it's useful to have them for this, even if sometimes on social media, they're dicks, you know? <laughs>
2: Hmm. Yeah, actually, that's a good article idea of, of uh, uh, Nathan for you and the Yo-Yo Master, and exposing uh, the lack of critical thinking. And yeah,
0: you know, I mean, if, if they can't handle that, how how are they supposed to handle UFOs, Bigfoot, and then hurt, horse to warmer pills, and you know, like?
2: And this <laughs> I mean, is not to had... say I. I'm trained in journalism. I have a certificate in journalism from UMass Amherst. And I learned from some really brilliant people, some really great people. And there are lots of good journalists out there. It's just that there's also some bad ones and, you know, uh, and a lot of people with hard deadlines that are harder to make now that, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the newsroom is almost non-existent.
0: Well, I get it. It's definitely harder and they have to get things out really quick, you know, and it's unfortunate that there's a, there's like a necessary conflict between accuracy and speed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But still, you know, maybe don't assume aliens are coming to earth and the government believes (laughs) it. That's all.
1: There's also a a sacrifice between like accuracy and making the content approachable. Like if you're really into um, paleontology news, like, oh God, when you see how like a BBC or CNN reports on like a uh, like a fossil find versus like what it actually is. Oh, it's like oh oh they'll go like giant fish dinosaur discovered largest ever seen or something. It's like oh god, real Godzilla <laughs> discovered in the Jurassic. Right. Yeah, right. They'll say something like that. Jurassic Park turns out to be real, or they <laughs> do things to get us
0: lefties to click on it, like that possible female Viking that's the, they're really not sure was a female warrior viking or not you know but like people like that idea
1: that's the thing with like that's the um what am i talking about the non-binary variables or or something or that that. one right like
0: like you really can't use that terminology and stuff for those cultures at the time like
1: it's hard it's hard to to use those use because it's modern terminology being thrown back on a past culture um it's like what people say like oh you shouldn't call this historical figure gay because like gay as a term didn't exist yet and stuff uh, it, it, it's it it definitely
0: a... show gender fluidity, you know, or like different norms cultures had for gender, which is good. And it's important to show it's always been here, but you mm. just, you can't just use modern terms necessarily on a culture that's, you know, 2000 years old and like way far away from the West, you know? Mm. Yeah. As, it,
1: it's, it's, it's hard cause there's a lot of nuance in archeology span and a lot of yeah. times news stories remove the nuance involved. Definitely. And, you know, like scientists were like, I'm not a scientist, but, you know, the way that talk, like,
0: oh, yeah, we think maybe this is possible or this could show an indication of this. You know, we're still looking into it. But headlines can't be that way, you know? Right,
1: right. They, they, could, be they can't be. They cave can't have mans these found. You know? <laughs> the Gay caveman. Yeah, yeah, yeah they'll gay, go gay yeah. caveman and not like, well, it could be a third gender burial but it is isn't impossible to say for certain. So they're not going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. They're, they're like, there's some signs of this, you know, but we don't know enough about their burials. We're still learning, you know, like, which is the truth. But and then mm-hmm. it becomes in broader in the culture war because, you know, people want to see um, basically just more queerness in history because it was there and it kind of gets erased the way you're taught history in school. Right. Like, right. You don't get taught that there's all these famous queer figures and cultures and traditions, and it's not a new thing. It's not like just this American phenomenon that is just now starting to creep into pop culture. It's something that's been with humans since the beginning, which is important. But and you, with you just and gotta... that,
1: there's like a, a history of, of historians trying to avoid it. It's like, oh yeah. gosh, when you read some of the the history books from like the fifties or something, it's like, oh my God, they're like, um, I, I bought a, I saw, I found a book sale on like the side of the road on like the sidewalk and there was somebody selling all these like classical books and one was talking about like Hadrian, and it said, Hadrian's relationship with this other man is uh is something we shouldn't rack our brains on right now. It was a mysterious relationship and we may never know. It's like,
0: oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were both bachelors and they lived together until their fifties. They, like, they were often so seen battle to boating that. together on Sundays. <laughs> oh, okay. You're probably Yeah, but probably I know gay, what you man. mean.
1: <laughs> Good for them. That's the importance of skeptics. So skeptics are important. You fight against that. That's sort of yeah. nonsense. So Trey, you went on a yes. little field trip. I did. I did over the over the sort of Christmas break. I went on a little field trip with my dad. Uh, my dad took me there, and uh, I went to a little place called Expedition Bigfoot, which was a oh my gosh. museum. So you found him, Georgia. I, I did. I, I well, wow, that's a that's an interesting question right there. Did I find Bigfoot? I'm gonna say no. I oh, well, like, technically, okay. I did. Technically, I did find Bigfoot, but like, like not in the not in the way most people would think you find. It's like Bigfoot. a metaphorical Bigfoot. Yes, <laughs> yeah,
2: Bigfoot that's in all our
1: hearts. The Bigfoot right. in that the, the the Bigfoot was the friends we made along the way. So. Well, I'm gonna take a bite <laughs> of my
0: almond croissant here, and you tell me your story.
1: Yes, yes. So, Expedition Bigfoot. It is a Bigfoot museum um in north georgia i want to look up so i read the the little thing before um i went there and it had like this uh, tagline it said like it says oh yeah here it is here it is it's funny uh it was it was like north come see north georgia's biggest newest family attraction in the country it was like i had all these like specifiers on it like the best the top voted best north georgia family friendly um, uh museum or something like that. And, anyways, it's it's a museum in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of the wilderness in in North Georgia. Um, and it has a whole bunch of Bigfoot paraphernalia and uh, exhibits and stuff. And I I wrote down a list. I, I took so many pictures in this place. And they had some great quotes and stuff. Um, so you walk in, you walk in, and they're like, they t- give you a ticket. And they're like, all right, stand here and watch this video. And it's like this little 10 second video. And it tells you, it says, gather information and examine the evidence, dot, 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 with an open mind.
0: Oh shit, they they have
1: evidence? Yeah, it says gather information and examine the evidence with an open mind. Yeah. I thought that was kind of good. Yes, they they had a lot of evidence. Uh, The most common thing that they had was they had like dozens and dozens of Bigfoot uh, prints. Yeah. Like lots and lots of them. But here's the thing is like there was a huge huge diversity of like the footprints. Um like there's no there's no um uniformity to them. Like uh you will get some that look very much like human feet or not and and aren't even that big. Um but then you'll so get just some that are human more feet like, cuz they're probably just human feet. That's <laughs> the thing well like I saw one where it looked like a human foot and it was the size of a human foot and it said big like a juvenile bigfoot. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so there's that so they have a defense even for that um well yeah there's th- one that looked like just straight up human feet with like the toes and everything looking normal um but then they'll have others that look more like chimp like will have opposable thumbs hmm. um there's some that look more like dinosaur like where like they look literally like dinosaur feet did our uh, boy jeff sign off on these uh jeff so jeff was featured prominently in this museum this is um, uh jeff had-
0: meldrum for people who haven't listened to every episode he's one of the world leaders on Bigfoot apologetics and we interviewed him on episode two.
1: Yeah. They, they had a, so when you first walk in, they have like a wall that has uh framed portraits of all these Bigfoot experts throughout the decades. And mm-hmm. uh, Jeff is featured very prominently. Yeah. He's the uh, man, right? He's, he's, he's the, he's yeah. the champion. He's the yeah. champion. Um, they had the cripple foot speaking of Jeff. They had his, his favorite, the cripple foot. Um, Which was no. made
0: by a known hoaxer. Um but for some reason they believe that this one is not a hoax.
1: Yeah. They they have some toes. So they had one with like five toes. They have another one. There was one in the museum that I absolutely loved. It was a three toed Bigfoot. Yeah. Literally what? it was it was the Falk Monster and it was a three toed Bigfoot. Florida one? Uh no. This is the one in oh god, the uh there was a movie Arkansas? made out of it.
2: Was that oh, Arkansas? what you saw?
1: Arkansas, yeah, the Falk Monster and the movie. Uh, Boggy Creek. Right?
3: Oh, Boggy Creek, yeah, yeah, of course. Here in this primitive river-bottom wilderness in southern Arkansas, along with deer, duck, crane, and beaver, lurks a creature that walks upright. Whether it is a man, a monster, or a myth, no one really knows. What we do know is the people around Falk, Arkansas say they have seen such a creature nearly 250 times since 1954. And that this creature, whatever it is, emits one of the most terrifying sounds ever recorded.
1: And yeah, so they had the Falk Monster. It had three little toes. It literally looked like a a gremlin. It looked like Kermit the (laughs) Frogfoot. You heard the Gremlin Man song? The Gremlin Man? No.
0: no. Oh, it's fucking amazing. I'll just play a clip. Keep talking. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: uh, so that's the thing so there was a huge diversity of footprints and some of them are giant some of them are small and they're all like right next to each other and like um there were other people at the museum when i was there and you'll hear them they're more like bigfoot believers and they're like oh look at all this evidence and you're just like aren't you thinking critically like some not all of these can't be all not all these can be bigfoot feet none of them <laughs> even if some are real and that's a big sum. That's like a big if, but even if some are real, like they can't all be right, right? Yeah, but, the fact yeah. that
0: you're you're putting them all in there is like negative evidence, right? Like
1: right. And I think Jeff yeah. would would side against that. Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, I, don't I think, think is he would it. like
0: that. Yeah.
1: Right. Well, because they also had um this this was my favorite. This was one of my favorite. They had a lot of really good stuff in here, Miles. They had a a Bigfoot butt print. Oh fuck yeah. Did a big a Bigfoot's ass print in like the dirt, <laughs> and, it, Gosh, and according to was them, it? Uh, it was it was pretty. Uh, it didn't look like much of an ass print. It yeah. just kind of looked like a a cast, and then like with like a sort of spine in the middle. Wasn't Bigfoot must have enough, a huge enough for you. Ass. They, they must call have call huge yeah.
2: shallow ass. <laughs> they don't. They don't call him big ass. Uh, yeah. he, <laughs> he does not have the donk. Apparently, that's tragic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well Jeff apparently gave the approval on that one. Yum. According to them. According to them, Jeff approves of the Bigfoot ass. So they they had a giant Bigfoot handprint and it literally what? looked like Shrek's hand. It was ginormous. It had Bigfoot huge fat is like onions. he's <laughs> like onions. They have many layers. He has layers. Um, uh oh, and this was the this was like the crown jewel of the museum. Mm-hmm. Um it was a 36 inch bigfoot shit from Oregon it <laughs> Hell was yeah. it, it, I have pictures on my my Twitter it was ginormous miles it was like you could you could wear it as a scarf oh, and
0: you what, should what is that called <laughs> the, the um anthropological word for fossilized shit what's
1: oh acropolites uh, coprolites yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> bigfoot feces um there was another great piece of evidence was um a bigfoot den that in Georgia um, and it said it said these items were very likely handled by a bigfoot okay. and uh, list- so I listed some of the stuff that was there. Um, there was a small magnet, there were tweezers, there was a broken creek Indian axe head. Hmm. there were forest mushrooms. quote "No mushrooms grow in this area." Okay. okay. Found found on ground near the outside cat pin, which I think is really funny. <laughs> what is a cat pin? I've never heard of a cat pin, but there you go. There a was where you a, keep a cat. I guess. I guess it's yeah. as simple as that. There is a small heart shaped rock. Right. Digging oh. stone with apparent finger notches. There was a sharp stick. A tube of aftershave.
0: Yeah.
1: Seven <laughs> big, mason big jars.
0: <laughs> shaves. All right, maybe and uh,
1: a takeout tray, like a takeout box that you go to yeah. like a restaurant. Um, and I refer to these as like the meth head Sasquatch, where it's like the odds are this was just some like some guy leaving crap in their backyard. Yeah,
2: I don't this is I'm having a hard time with this because it's like either Bigfoot jacked some campers or <laughs> I, I don't understand the argument that. Oh, there's, it's a we have a mushroom that doesn't grow around here. So <laughs> right, right. So right. what? Big, how did then How did Bigfoot get it? Does he shop at Whole Foods? What, <laughs> uh, that's pretty clear that somebody, a person, probably dropped it there. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy.
1: <laughs> Bigfoot's well, like, a where, Trader Joe's guy. How did Bigfoot get those tweezers and the magnet? What was he using them for? What, what is um, he using tweezers for? <laughs> <laughs> to pluck he clearly doesn't from. use them he clearly <laughs> doesn't use them <laughs> um right next so to like, that exhibit oh sorry. so if over. these
0: large apes had this kind of nesting behavior if it was common to them we should find yeah. many of these right like out in the woods we should
1: they're find really. so many bigfoot nests it's uh, yeah
0: but we don't so why like if you're if you're a bigfoot believer right and you want to find evidence of bigfoot you believe they're there and you find this and you don't find duplicates of this in other areas where you believe there's populations. Why is this evidence to you? <laughs> like, well, I, I don't understand the logic.
1: Uh, it's like my favorite part of this exhibit was the the lists, they had so many lists like that. Um, there was a list that said, What does Bigfoot eat? Uh, yeah. and I'll list, I, I wrote down the list here it says apples, bananas,
2: apples, and dogs. Bananas.
1: Dogs? The,
2: the bananas that grow in Washington State. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Scraps from garbage bins. Uh huh. Hogs. The hogs. <laughs> hog Grabs these <laughs> wild boars. Um, skinned nutria left in boats overnight. Okay. Calves. I'm assuming okay. like uh, baby cows, what I mean by that. Yeah. Um, I like this one. Mice wrapped in grass, like little packages.
0: What? What? A human being wrote that sentence seriously?
1: Yes, yes. this is word for word, Miles. Like This is quoted. Oh, hot dogs so out of a cooler.
0: Yeah, well, hot dogs yeah no, out he's not going to eat a hot hot dog. He's a cold hot dog kind of guy.
1: Corn in the middle of a cornfield. Shuck it like a banana. <laughs> Again <laughs> with the bananas. Shuck, sorry, loves- shucking, it, shucking it like a banana. Sorry, he just loves peeling things. Candy bars and uh-huh. uh, finally pancakes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> where is he getting know. pancakes? What the fuck where is his
0: from McDonald's?
2: Citation citation needed. Please, yeah. I need to know where no, these facts
0: I mean, from. the winner of this is the is the mouse wrapped in grass, like <laughs> like it's a fucking like sushi roll or something, man.
1: Like little packages, miles. Like little.
0: adorable. <laughs>
1: I mean, not for the mouse, but it is it is adorable. <laughs> Uh, can, you, what
2: can, else you imagine, can you imagine? Can you imagine what a Bigfoot would look like chasing a mouse around the forest? I know.
0: Oh, that'd be hilarious. There's one episode of Monster Quest we watch where the guy like looks for like grouse and tries to catch him. He's like, yeah, Bigfoot would snap these things. I'm like, apes don't really grab birds and eat them that much. It's not. Like, we're just not that good at it. go try to catch a bird. You're like a human with like complex thoughts and training and YouTube. Go outside and try to catch a bird. Good luck. <laughs> you're not going to catch a bird
1: (laughs) there was a another exhibit for a bigfoot helicopter attack in delonico georgia
0: Is a helicopter Um, made out of bigfoots or bigfoot in the helicopter
1: no uh, so an army helicopter crashed in uh, the middle of the forest in georgia and uh in the army soldiers there uh three like dark shapes allegedly bigfoot were like investigating the the tra- crash site yeah they were like showing up and then like the um soldiers they I think the soldiers were anonymous because of course they were mm-hmm. um they deterred them with machine gun fire they shot at the bigfoots and they escaped they didn't hit them though so nothing came yeah, of it we hit nothing
3: no blood no bodies we hit nothing
1: <laughs> like, oh, you anyway. know what I think happened here. So the helicopter pilot like crashed the helicopter and needed an excuse. Like, <laughs> oh, I destroyed this expensive military equipment. Saw <laughs> <It's all laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, fucking Bigfoot. There was. There was some odd stuff in there too that that like wasn't really. Oh, explicit. now we're getting
2: to the odd stuff. Welcome
1: to this podcast. This is what we're talking <laughs> about all the time. It just gets weirder and weirder. There was a map. There was a huge map on the wall, and it didn't have any really descriptions with it. And it was a map of missing missing persons in America. Oh mm-hmm. come on! And they it seems, and it was like thousands and thousands of people all over the United States. It seems like they were suggesting that Bigfoot was oh, responsible God. for like stealing oh, my God. John Benay Ramsey. Yeah, like it was like yeah. people go on hikes and Bigfoot kidnaps them. <laughs> Lin- somebody's- Lindbergh
0: baby has been hanging out with Bigfoot. <laughs> John- <laughs> John- oh somebody,
1: somebody tell QAnon, it's not the Democrats, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> 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 Bigfoot as like an agent of the government <laughs> disappearing people.
0: Yeah, well, uh, in the comic book Proof, um, uh, you know how uh, Jefferson really wanted to like catalog the West, you know, that's why he sent like John Lewis out the, uh, uh sorry, Lewis and Clark out there. And, like, part mm-hmm. of it was they wanted to prove to, like, um, French biologists and naturalists that, like, the West had really cool animals, too, right? Um, mm-hmm. One of the people he sends, I say people, but one of the things he sent out into the West was uh, Bigfoot himself. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, and so Bigfoot is, like, out there exploring <laughs> the West and and tracking it for the U.S. government. It's a good book. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Dang. Let's see other artifacts they had. They had a river rock collected from the site of the Patterson Gimlin film.
0: Just a rock?
1: Just a rock. It was just the rock from the the film site. Bigfoot's foot might have touched this rock, Miles. This is like all the (laughs)
0: artifacts from the crucifixion. It's like, you know, guy wore his sandals, the lance, the nails, everything around Jesus. Anything around the Patterson Gimlin film.
1: These items were very likely handled by a Bigfoot. That was a direct quote, man the rock um the the mason jars and, and Oh Tupperware the mason and jars yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> um they is uh, relevant to the show is they had monster quest props monster um, Quest. monster quest props they had a sasquatch map mask and a uh, yeti mask which was kind of cool oh. i guess um they had so they had a replica of the Pangbosh hand if you ever mm-hmm. heard of that yeah um it's this uh, for the viewers at home it's like this uh, skeletal hand that uh people think is a yeti hand and it was held by these monks in a monastery for a while when i um, was like people-
0: 10 or 11 that was one of the most convincing pieces of evidence there was
1: right along with the yeti scalp that was there yeah because um, like those, these are up in like the himalayas like
0: you know like in a monastery no one could touch it and examine it and you're like ooh, magical <laughs> cool artifacts
1: well, and I talked to my, so I had my dad there and my dad's more of a Bigfoot believer than me. Um, yeah. he, he was like, I was telling him, I was explaining cause this hand, so people have DNA tested this hand and it's, it's a human. Um, and the Bigfoot museum does note this. They have a, a little label on it that says <laughs> the finger bone was DNA tested and shown to contain human DNA markers, which uh-huh. I, which like, yeah, yeah, it's a human hand. Of course it's going <laughs> to,
0: well, we got to show it anyway. Cause it's cool. Leave us alone.
1: it's been confirmed it's belonged to like a human being it's just some some monk's hand um and my dad my dad was like that's a but like he's like son that's a big that's a big hand right there that's that's too big to be a human and then he held out his hand on top of it to to match and it actually was like a perfect match to his his hand size (laughs) so
2: it's so facto your dad is
1: bigfoot my dad is a squatch oh my god i'm half a yeti but yeah (laughs) well that's the thing so that's the thing is people get fooled by this a lot is that the human hand, like it's, it's the bones and the fingers are not all connected once it gets to like your knuckles and stuff. And so like if stuff like that, when people aren't familiar with like skeletal hands, they think like the hands are ginormous when it's just like those parts of your hand are just covered up with skin. It's all connected sure. with yeah. like soft tissue. So I think that's what happened there. The, they had the Yeti scalp again, which has been DNA tested to belong to like a mountain goat, but they still had it there. So there's there's a lot of like evidence that's there that's been the band or on. the animal, the what? Never mind. Oh, sorry. the animal, the animal. Sorry. Um, they had Bigfoot pubes in a glass jar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they I, like, I like how you you're just zooming right past
2: that one, Andre.
1: <laughs> it's like what can you say? What can you say? They had a whole section, a whole uh, Native American section. Um, yeah. They always do that shit. They always do that shit. And I've been like, so I've been making a video specifically on Bigfoot and Native American culture and how it's been like thoroughly misrepresented. Um, Yeah. They had, so the most famous thing that they use is the painted rock or like hairy man petroglyph. Which is a um, bear. Which is, it's probably a bear. And um, I, so I actually contacted the tool river tribe um, as an interview for the video that I'm working on. And, um, I mentioned that this painted rock, like pictures of it were used at the Bigfoot site and, uh, the Bigfoot museum and the representative of the tribe, I like, I kind of, I was like a tattletoe. I got the Bigfoot museum (laughs) in trouble because, um, the representative of the tribe said like, oh, oh, they did not give us permission to, to use that rock there. They, they did not, we didn't give them permission. They didn't check by us. We're trying to crack down on that.
0: They got themselves in trouble for their actions, you know, you." You just informed the people who right. are responsible.
1: <laughs> they just did it. They did it without, because um, apparently the um, Lauren Coleman museum is in trouble because they use the painted rock uh, in their museum, in their museum. Ooh, my voice in their museum. Um, so the, I'm <laughs> assuming very manly some, tray, don't worry. <laughs> the museum might uh, be closed for a little bit. I don't know. I might've gotten them in trouble. Yeah. Well, they're um, doing some
0: white fitting. That's, There's a lot of that. Yeah.
1: Well, so, like, they have a lot of Bigfoot, like, the alleged Bigfoot mythical creed, like, from Native American folklore. And, um, but the thing is, they have a video playing that is, like, an animated uh, video of, like, a Native American story. Um, And the Bigfoot in the video uses fire and, like, does, like, shadow puppets on the wall and stuff. And it's like, that's not what Bigfoot is. That's not what Bigfoot does and, like, what they think Bigfoot is, at least. Bigfoot doesn't use fire. Like, what are they talking about? So uh, they had pictures of medieval wild men from Europe on the wall. Yep. As if that's, like, evidence, like, Bigfoot existed in Europe in the Middle Ages. It's evidence
0: of it being a popular meme that gets um, repeated through cultures and not a biological animal.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. And then, um, I'm getting towards the end here. I'm looking, well, I'm not actually, there's so much that, that was just the first room actually. Um, (laughs) you're going to make a video about it. So, (laughs) so this was where it started getting like malicious. Like it's fun. Like it's fine. Like if like you do like the Bigfoot evidence, like, oh, they had like a map, they had a map of Bigfoot sightings, which was kind of funny. Um, and it was like pins on a map of Georgia and Florida and stuff. And like, some places were showing repeated visits in like downtown Atlanta and like Orlando, Florida, which I'm like, what? Bigfoot is not in those areas.
0: Like, what are you talking about?
1: What about like, our guy
0: who tried to roofie him?
1: Oh, 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 the, oh, the, in the, in the trash can, right? Where yeah, was that? He I hung was up Florida. by the
0: trash can with his gun and, um, <laughs> with, like some orange juice and a roofie and <laughs> tried to take down Bigfoot. <laughs>
1: there was uh that was pretty funny oh my god and then he fell asleep as he was trying mm-hmm. to he's my him second out. favorite guy
0: after the uh, look at the size of this sucker that's the best guy <laughs> the sucker
1: um <laughs> there was one big bigfoot sighting in athens georgia which is where the university of georgia is which i think is kind of funny just like oh, if, was, you're,
0: if you're i was hoping if you just said
1: athens like that'd be in, in athens greece oh my yeah, god yeah. that'd be great oh Oh, um, so here's where it got kind of like, uh, stuff, like it was annoying. Um, there was a whole section devoted to like a government coverup of Bigfoot, uh, where they're convinced that, uh, there was a video plane and it was called where are the bones dot WMV. And it was, and it had like a slideshow. It said, where are the bones hidden? Good and, question. <laughs> and it said they're <laughs> hidden and they're convinced that the bones, the Smithsonian museum, Oh, and the geez. U.S. government are like colluding to hide the bones for some reason. Seventy-eight percent um,
0: chance they think that about giants as well. Yeah.
1: Well, that's the thing. So there was a weird overlap of Bigfoot and like Nephilim stuff because there was yeah. a uh, he's their Christian, skeleton, then. yeah. No, the, the, so I found out they were Christian because hanging on the wall was um, a Bible verse. Oh, um, yeah. awesome. Above like the Bigfoot, like uh, Sasquatch, like mannequin. It said, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor <laughs> of kings to search out a matter. Proverbs oh, 25, yeah. 2.
0: <laughs> so we searched out that he's not real. So what are we like? The honor of kings. <laughs> I don't know.
1: They had like a skeleton size chart. And um, it was like a, it was a printed off piece of paper. um, And I've seen this on the internet a lot from like Nephilim forums. um, And it shows like skeletons with like descriptions of them underneath. And it like, it's like eight foot tall skeleton, 10 foot tall, 36 foot tall skeleton. um, And it like lists like Maximinius Thrax, who's like a Roman emperor. Yeah, yeah. Apparently he was a Bigfoot. Goliath was a Bigfoot. King Og was a Bigfoot. Fucking Og. (laughs) There was, I was like
0: barely mentioned in the Bible. Like
1: <laughs> there was a thirty-six foot tall giant Bigfoot. Uh, it's what it kind of just dovetailed into nutty. Um, they had a, 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 a part devoted to uh, Teddy Roosevelt's Bigfoot story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which isn't um, really a
0: Bigfoot story,
1: and it's not even tell- Teddy Roosevelt's story. It's it's Teddy Roosevelt quoting another person's story. Yeah. Um, and if you actually look at the, so there was a book released later of like a friend of Teddy Roosevelt and he was relating conversations that the two had about that story. And even Teddy Roosevelt was skeptical of it. Um, Teddy Roosevelt believed he was the guy whose story it was, was talking about like a mountain lion or a black mm-hmm. bear. So it's been like thoroughly distorted into like Teddy Roosevelt's Bigfoot story when like, no, that's not what it was. It was Teddy Roosevelt describing someone else's story, like a mountain man story. Um, and Teddy Roosevelt himself was, himself was skeptical of it. So it's like totally misrepresented. Oh God. Um, they had, let's think. Uh, okay. We're getting towards the end. There was, they had a a part devoted to the Dyatlov pass incident. Mm -hmm. So Bigfoot did that again. (laughs) They did. They had a whole place. They had a whole, um, diorama devoted to ape Canyon. (laughs) Did they hide the
0: part that they said it was like demons at first and then
1: Oh, no, I I don't remember that part.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah they they, they, tell you not... about, they didn't tell you about Bigfoot holding seances at Ape Canyon because that is a part of the story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? see, like
0: they're like demon monsters at first, and then, then they become more material. You know, oh my God. like like in my opinion, in the post Darwin world, all these stories that used to be Fae stories, you know, or if you're a Christian, like demon stories, they kind of don't ring true and become a medic unless you like make them more material. So all mm-hmm. the stories that would have been like you know the spirits in the woods slowly become Bigfoot. They become a you know a relict ape, and so like the ones that catch on have to if they have that spooky stuff in the beginning they have to turn more materialistic to catch on so people believe them, which is right. what happened a lot with a lot of early Bigfoot stories.
1: Right. Well, because like yeah, they had a they had a they had a segment devoted to the Falk Monster, and there was a sketch of the monster, and the monster literally has like demon horns and like a pointed devil tail and stuff. It's just, and like they, they just downplay that stuff. We downplay it. So oh gosh. I think that I think that's towards the end. They had a whole bunch of really kind of fun uh, dioramas and and models. Like they had a giant Sasquatch that you could take pictures in front of. Um but yeah, when they, they when they were like deceiving people, like that's when like trying to play up like government conspiracy stuff. Like that's that's when I'm like, oh. Yeah, gosh. When, when
0: they were telling the truth though and had the real Bigfoot evidence, then, then you gotta <laughs> applaud them.
1: Well, I wrote down sort of like my conclusive thoughts. And I said, like, they want their cake and eat it too. They want to have their cake and eat it too. Because like, they'll use clearly debunked and like unrelated stories as like evidence of Bigfoot evidence, even because like they don't have enough, they don't have enough stuff to fill up the museum. So they're just like,
2: And then once you introduce conspiracies, suddenly the lack of evidence becomes evidence in itself.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. They had a, they had a crate. They had a crate that said property of the U S government and it had like a Bigfoot head in it Had a giant Bigfoot skull. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I, what I got is that they were very desperate for evidence. They'll use pieces of Tupperware that somebody said Bigfoot touched. (laughs) Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, generally. So generally I love the museum. It was pretty cheap. It was like eight bucks to get in or something. It was probably, it was worth it because they had a whole bunch of weird nutty stuff in it. Um, oh yeah. It sounds rad, man.
0: I'm glad, yeah. you, I'm glad you got the go. And now, you know, the Bigfoot is real. So
1: yeah, well, no, I haven't. And it's been a great look like, research thing. So like I, before I went into the museum, I like had been re- reviewing those native American Bigfoot legends and or quote unquote Bigfoot legends. And they had a list, they had a massive list that had like Native American stories that mentioned Bigfoot. And I was able to like go through every single one of them because I was familiar with it. And I was like, that's bullshit. That's like, that's a story about a guy with an iron nose. (laughs) It's a story about a one footed man who eats people. (laughs) awesome my dad my dad hated me my dad my dad didn't hate me but he was like he could he was kind of i felt like he was kind of annoyed by me because like we would walk up to an exhibit and i would be like oh okay i know about this this is bs he was like he was just like just let it be good just let me have fun here son (laughs) my dad hates bigfoot because you know he was a fucking
0: lumberjack and you know the northwest right like so he's like, "I would have seen that hairy motherfucker he over here." <laughs> he's like, "I've been everywhere. I've been in the rivers and the nooks i've I've seen an elk, I've seen a mountain lion i I slept next to a goat. I would have seen Bigfoot, <laughs> which like, is probably i mean probably true, man. He's been out there in the woods' pretty deep, you know so you think you yeah. run into a giant yeah. ape monster?
1: Oh my god! My dad had the opposite effect. I think I asked him when we came out if he what he thought of it, and he's like, "That was pretty convincing." I was like, "What the <gasps> fuck? Like, what, Dad?" <laughs> I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, it's cool. You're not cool. gonna
0: take these Bigfoot pubes away from me. <laughs> they were in a jar. Why would you put them in a jar if they're not they real? Were in
1: a, they were in a glass jar, like tray. They were they were there, and I was <laughs> maybe maybe that's what he uses the tweezers for. Maybe, oh to know. pull on his pu like that's the one place on his body where he's hairless. <laughs> oh god, I don't Big want to think about it.
0: He probably that. has a small dick. Most apes have pretty small dicks. Humans actually have gigantic penises for our size compared to other apes. So you know.
2: Oh great. Oh ladies, if you're listening.
0: I mean it, I mean, like quite on, like just as a scientific fact, Bigfoot's dick's probably like four inches. Like <laughs> if it if it matches like other ape sizes. So you know. <laughs> Those Bigfoot erotica books are bullshit, is what I'm saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, uh, oh, the, the gift shop was pretty fun too at this place. They had Bigfoot toenail clippers, which was great. Awesome. Four dollars each. Bigfoot
0: coffee throat. right now. I oh, got Bigfoot Java right up the road for me, man.
1: Oh, nice. Yep. King Og. I'm like looking at my pictures. This was this was a fun little thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's about it. It was just filled with a lot of. Uh, conspiracy stuff. There was some, I like the Bigfoot poop. That was like the highlight. That was the the best. This well, yeah, giant, I mean, yeah. Log.
0: No human man could poop this big. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bear, probably. Yes. I, I bet you twenty bucks it's a bear. It, it was, was pretty big to- miles. I believe you. I, I, I believe that part. <laughs>
2: I know what I saw.
0: I know what I saw, and it was we just shit. did thirty-five minutes on the Bigfoot Museum. That's awesome. Did I really?
1: Oh God, it's I'm fine. so sorry. It's okay. For... I'll have to
0: edit it. I'll I'll get it in there.
1: <laughs> I just went on a rant. Please cut nope. me out. No, nope. it's good. You're good, man. I mean, you're
0: gonna put a bunch of this in your YouTube video anyway, so
1: it was it was so dense, Miles. There's so much going on at this place.
0: Yeah, I like I like how like we have this big long story about this massive amount of Bigfoot evidence, and at the end, like you believe in Bigfoot less, not more, because you're just like Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: well because it was just filled with a whole bunch of like uh, like nonsense it was filled with jars mason jars that bigfoot might have touched yeah it's convincing as hell i agree but like mice wrapped in grass like little packages. yeah that's number one that's the highlight
0: (laughs) i I might name this episode mice wrapped in grass (laughs) that's just corn
1: in the middle of a cornfield chucking it like a banana though miles jesus
0: like a banana
1: And that's pretty fucked up that that Bigfoot supposedly eats dogs and, and cows. Yeah, that's a lot that's of pretty Greeks crazy. And Romans like, ate dogs. Well, like that he eats cow, like he eats stuff like that big. Like that's mu- that's that's like oh god. Bigfoot. He's a big guy, You're Bigfoot. You need calories.
0: <laughs> We're always trying to say, "Oh, you Bigfoot believers, where would he get all his calories? Like he eats your dog, dude." Like <laughs> that's where he gets the calories. You know, like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe it's that explains dog. the missing dogs we're going to talk about later.
1: Ooh, ooh, dang, ooh, okay. ooh. Oh, dang. Oh, okay.
0: Anyways, <laughs> next story. Okay, Trey. So I watched a movie. Yeah. And uh, it, was a, yeah, it was a movie by Adam McKay, who uh, has done some really funny films like Anchorman, Taldega Knight, Step Brothers, the other guys. Um, Actually watched the other guys last night, and it's it's lovely. Um, I like the part where the tuna... Build an apparatus to go on land and hunt lions i think that's my favorite part of the movie
3: if we were in the wild i would attack you even if you weren't in my food chain i would go out of my way to attack you if i were a lion and you were a tuna i would swim out in the middle of the ocean and freaking eat you and then i'd bang your tuna girlfriend okay first off a lion swimming in the ocean lions don't like water if you would placed it near a river or some sort of fresh water source That makes sense but you find yourself in the ocean 20-foot waves i'm assuming it's off the coast of south africa coming up against a full grown 800 pound tuna with his 20 or 30 friends you lose that battle you lose that battle nine times out of ten and guess what you've wandered into our school of tuna and we now have a taste of lion. we've talked to ourselves we've communicated and said you know what lion tastes good Let's go get some more lion. We've developed a system to establish a beachhead and aggressively hunt you and your family. And we will corner your your pride, your children, your offspring. How are you going to do that? We will construct a series of breathing apparatus with kelp. We will be able to trap certain amounts of oxygen. It's not going to be days at a time, but an hour, hour 45, no problem. That will give us enough time to figure out where you live, go back to the sea, get more oxygen, and then stock you. You just lost your own game. You're outgunned and outmanned. Did that go the way you thought it was going to go?
1: Nope. That's um, the one where the rock jumps off a building, right?
0: Yeah. for like, those bushes. Yeah, yeah they die. Yeah. <laughs> that's
1: a good movie. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's
0: funny. Um, he also did The Big Short, which is a movie that looks at the um, scam that the um, banks and investment companies did that led to the economic crisis of, um, like 2007, 2009, you know, um, the mm-hmm. recession, which is a film that kind of invented this language of like, um, really heavy exposition stylized to explain complicated real things to the audience. And mm-hmm. it, it makes it so it's like half a narrative film, half a documentary. And also what was interesting about this film is it kind of did this, um, banality of evil thing which is like a a concept that comes, I'm talking about like the Nuremberg trials and stuff with the Nazis where you're like, how did all this bad stuff happen? Where like there's really evil people in charge and it's like, well, not exactly. There's a lot of people that had simple jobs that were like, you know, spreadsheet level mid-manager jobs that all kind of did their part to create this big evil thing that, you know, made everybody broke and lose their houses or of course in, you know, Nazi Germany a bit, bit more extreme than that but you know mm-hmm. this idea that like people doing a bunch of benign mid-manager stuff can lead to a crisis right so like that yeah. movie the big short really kind of paints that brush which i thought was an interesting and creative way to look at it but um the new film is called don't look up and it has leonardo dicaprio and then uh, katniss everdeen and they detect a comet that is coming to earth and they try to alert the populace of this and basically gets embroiled into the culture war that we have today where certain people make hashtags supporting it. Certain people make memes denying it. The politicians are really interested in them themselves and not the problem. Nobody really Mm. listens to the science. Nobody can communicate clearly. Um, everybody's really stupid. Um, Mm. the scientists aren't able to overcome this. Um, big tech basically says that they'll solve the problem for their own benefit fails. And then everybody dies. um, Mm spoiler except warning. the
1: rich people well they die too they do die in the end i guess yeah yeah yeah
0: they're eaten by dungledorrs or whatever the fuck <laughs> the animals are and,
1: and i like watched most of this i i don't know if i could watch the whole thing <laughs> okay oh, yeah? you didn't finish it i didn't finish it i just skipped okay. around it was it was kind of uh, a tough watch yeah but so
0: i i wanted to talk about this movie in in two ways one i was interested in, like the history of um, us telling stories about meteors and comets hitting Earth and where it comes from. And I want to talk about that. Um, but also I just kind of want to talk about this movie because it, it's supposed to be a metaphor for climate change, right? Like this impending doom. So mm-hmm. the the comet coming towards Earth is like the sword of Damocles, just like, you know, um carbon in the atmosphere is as well, right? But yeah. I think it's a really imperfect metaphor. And I think that the setup of this film kind of makes the discussion something that I don't think is helpful. And I think is actually the opposite of helpful. I guess harmful is the word for that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, because in this film, it's basically scientists do the math and they get a correct answer, right? The comet's coming and that's true. And then they try to communicate to the press, but the press doesn't know how to handle it. And then the populace is too fucking stupid to do anything about this information. And we'd like just get too dumb and die. And I think the movie, I think it's really kind of smug and insulting and doesn't really address the topic very well for several reasons. One, climate change isn't like this event that people just have to see or not see and that like fixes the problem because there's a lot of people that realize it's happening but don't accept the solution or don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. Secondly, climate change is something that basically happened because Certain parts of the world discovered the massive benefits of industry that were backed by coal and oil and built up you know better working populations that increased the standard of living and everything for them. But uh, other countries didn't. And so you have this kind of unfair balance where a lot of countries didn't really use up their carbon budget you know like India or China, where like Russia and Europe and America did. And so it isn't like this fair balance threat thing, like a comet hitting the
1: earth. So I think it it affects, it disproportionately affects different people. Yeah. Specifically the global South.
0: Yeah. So like a comet hitting the earth is kind of like a neutral thing, like nobody's really at fault for, and it's going to affect everybody equally where climate change is a thing that you don't have to necessarily fault because I think that every nation who discovered oil and coal were going to use it to better their society. You know, like, Mm. like some people may disagree with me about that, but I don't think that was necessarily wrong. I think what is wrong is that the countries that benefited from it now don't want to pay back the carbon that they put in the atmosphere that's now going to harm everybody else. And so that's, Mm. that's an inequality thing that those countries need to deal with. And so they need to be responsible for dealing with their carbon and then helping the nations that need energy infrastructure get better, you know, carbon neutral or carbon free energy. So it's just a more complex problem. Right. And then this film also really like makes it so that just like people are just too stupid to get it. And that's the problem.
1: It, it, it scarecrows. A lot of people are straw man, straw
0: scarecrows don't have brains. So it's fair. You know,
1: kind of thing. <laughs> it it, it simply like it turns everybody who doesn't believe in climate change or doesn't doesn't actively try to tell, turn like fix climate change or help the issue uh into like a bigoted weirdo like a dictator it's it's it it oversimplifies everything and just doesn't help
0: yeah it doesn't like the smug way yeah like it basically makes it so like the president's like right wing and they don't care about anything other than re-election right like they're just completely i mean like obviously you could say well, like well a certain president was like that but but trump is much worse than other republicans like he is you know just like I think as an objective fact, like he acts differently than other Republican president leaders have. Um, Mm -hmm. He. So if you're lampooning him, that's fine. But that's not a really original take. And I don't think it really helps us talk about climate change just to make fun of how bad of a leader Trump was. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it kind of puts all the onus on deniers and stupidness. But right. Like, I, I would tell you from my perspective and understanding of the science that climate change is something that has to be solved by different technologies that are currently popular. Like, this is maybe too big of a scope to discuss in the show, but from, from my understanding of the science, and I believe a growing consensus, is that um, modern nuclear power is a mandatory solution to decarbonization. And things like solar and wind can be helpful sidekicks, but they can't be the spear point on this or we just won't, the, the math doesn't work. They just don't mm. produce enough energy to do this. And the proponents of nuclear power are not all bastioned on the left. The left is actually pretty anti-nuclear power, including the star of this film, Leonardo DiCaprio, whose Leonardo organization
4: DiCaprio. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs>
0: well Gilbert yeah, Gilbert what... Grape here is like spent money, you know, on anti-nuclear power propaganda, basically. So like yeah. this this movie's about how stupid people are at solving problems because they won't listen to the science, but it's just a bunch of liberals who won't listen to the science making fun of the right for
1: being stupid. And right. It, it's it's not a it's it's way oversimplification. It's it's really bad. Yeah. Like <laughs> Sorry, I, I keep <laughs> on interrupting you.
0: Sure, I've used a lot of <laughs> nouns here, so it might be overcomplicating this and not explaining it really clearly, but basically you have a bunch of Western rich liberals criticizing american culture for not solving climate change when it's a global problem that needs a global complicated solution and these people at the same time in real life do nothing to advocate for the solutions that science says will help and they actively deny that those solutions will help so it's Mm. kind of perverse yeah yeah and i just i just think this level of smugness is not helpful like earlier i was talking about i don't know if we'll have it edited or not but um There's this fascination, I think, on bashing climate deniers because it's frustrating when we're trying to save the world in this beautiful ecosystem that some people are just not on board. But I think that you have a lot of people that accept that climate change is real um, and want to do something. And a lot of those people are in metropolitan areas. You know, they're in New York, they're in Washington state, they're in California. These people have access to their local state governments. The fact that people in coal country or the South may not agree with them doesn't matter. California has a nuclear power plant in Diablo um, that they're going to shut down and turn on oil and gas. The fact that there's climate deniers has nothing to do with this. They're not relevant in this equation. What matters is that the left is not accepting climate solutions. They're not listening to the science, which they constantly parade around as an opinion of theirs when they want to bash the right for not listening to, whatever science that they particularly like. And I think that this kind of smugness is not helpful. And I think that it makes the conversation more into the culture war and less away from science and engineering because global warming is an engineering problem. You know, we want to make it every other kind of problem, but I just, I think that we really just need to build the right infrastructure to solve it. And all these other kind of conversations just make it harder to have that real talk. And I think it makes it harder on other parts of the world and makes it harder for us. And we need to lead and fix our own stuff and not just worry about bashing the people that say stupid stuff online about climate change. Cause there's more in life than just making fun of your worst enemies. You know, you need to find your best champions and, and platform them as well. So
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's my speech. Well, that's, the, that's the problem that climate change is like this pretty complex issue. That it's not just like a mustache twirling bad guys on top that are that are that are in that are the ones that are responsible for it. It's it's very it's a lot going on in it, and it's not an easy easy fix. It's not going to be like pushing a meteor a meteor back into space or something. It's going to take yeah. a, a huge systematic change.
0: Yeah, and like a lot of people try to blame it just on like greedy corporations, and I get that because I mean fuck them, right? But I mean, yeah. If the USSR would have won the Cold War, you think they're not going to burn oil and coal to power the workers' state? Of course they are. This is what was going to happen. It's not because of capitalism or communism or anything like that. And the state would have had its own people with their incentives to protect coal and oil, just like China does right now because it's opening coal. Like, this is just what was going to happen. So we have to stop trying to look for the villains and actually invest in the solutions because we can build things that produce a large amount of power for a large amount of people that is carbon neutral. And we can do that. But we want to make this like this individual thing. But it's not people shouldn't have to worry that their grid is clean and put solar panels on their house and like stress about recycling and plastic straws and all this kind of like individual responsibility. The grid they get their power on should be clean and they should demand that their politicians listen to the engineers and do that. And nothing in this movie makes that argument. Everything in this movie says everybody's stupid and that's why we're failing. And I just don't think that's a good message. I think that that makes the conversation worse. So, yeah, I kind of ranted on that. I'm sorry, but I want to save the beautiful animals and the trees and this really rare ecosystem that is one of a kind in the whole great big universe. And we don't even know if there's life out there. So we need to do everything we can to protect this because this is the rarest thing that we're ever going to have. And right. I just think that we got to do better than Leonardo DiCaprio making fun of a uh, rural crying,
1: people. crying on TV. That was like, really cringy. <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. When he's like, we need to really fix this. It's so important. Uh. And, and also, I think um,
0: one thing <laughs> is the movie talks about how like the scientists like one time he's like, oh, don't bring up math on TV. Right. And he yeah. says, oh, it's all math. And that's supposed to mean like, well, how am I supposed to do this without math? But my point is this this movie doesn't isn't aware that Psycom exists, right? Yeah. They have the scientists go on and explain the science. And because people don't explain the science, the scientists were right and the people are stupid. But there's a whole field of people. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not like a professional at it. You know, I ramble probably too much and use the F word too mm-hmm. much. But <laughs> I'm trying to explain science to people the best I can understand it. And it's a whole field of expertise and opinions. Uh, people try to explain this stuff and they don't even like bring that up as a thing. It's just the common people who, you don't have to work fucking all day and pay their bills right? have their own stress. These common people don't understand the science. So they're stupid and bad and they're to blame for the meteor. I'm like, yeah, well maybe the scientists need to do better at communicating the science. You know, sometimes we mess up too. Like, Mm -hmm. So, what I what
1: I thought was rather dumb with the, the comet metaphor doesn't really work is the idea that one day climate change is going to hit and everybody's going to be able to undeny it. Like it's like, sure. oh my gosh, it's here. Like it, it's not going to do that. It's going to affect people disproportionately and it's going to be very gradual and and slight in some areas. It'll be detectable, but it's like it's not going to be like something glowing in the sky that even the, the most hardcore believer is it can deny. It's, it's not going to be like that.
0: Yeah, there's no like moment of truth, right? Right. That's not how it works. What did you think, yeah. Russ?
1: Um, well just
2: to that point uh about the the gradualness of it, there's um an XKCD strip where um <clears throat> they're talking about how uh you know, obviously some people use the canard now like, "Oh, it snowed yesterday. Well, so much for global warming." But as um, you know, kind of like as certain areas uh, get warmer, you can imagine such a day in like St. Louis in 50 years where somebody says, oh, look, there's ice on the ground. So much for global warming. Yeah, that used to happen all the time, but you mm. just don't notice that it went away because it kind of was gradual. right? Um, so that's, that's another kind of scary part of it all it's, uh, because it's not going to hit us all at once. It's, it almost becomes easier to forget about it. Yeah, um, I, have, I haven't seen the movie. Um, but I I definitely hear what you're saying and it's, um, it definitely doesn't sound like an effective tool for anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's (laughs) it's snarky uh, as can be, man. Like, yeah, I don't know. The thing I
2: always say is we talked about this a little bit earlier is you have to consider the audience and the purpose of the movie. Now Mm. the purpose of the movie was to convince people to do something about climate change, whatever that might mean. Um, I don't I think it's pretty clear that's not going to happen because you you know you don't you don't win friends by calling them stupid. Yeah. Um and but if it, if the purpose of the movie is to give uh people with who do accept climate change and have existential dread about it a little bit of a laugh then I guess I could see that. But then at the same time like you said Miles I mean it's kind of more ammunition for the people saying look how look they just they they don't care about the truth they just want to call us all stupid.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and, and I don't know, if you're if you really want to fix the climate, like let's assume the people making this movie did, you didn't teach anybody any lessons about how to do that. Right. You know, like th- this is a a cultural argument which they think is a cultural problem, but I think that climate change is an engineering problem that lacks political will. It's, it doesn't lack a cultural component. I think that, I think that the cultural war has been won. I think that the West generally like more than 50% wants to do something about climate change. I just think it has really bad direction because it has bad leadership. So, but that, that's, that's you know, that's
2: certainly true. Yeah. Can,
0: yeah. That, that's just, we, that's just my opinion on it. it. Um, You know, like it's a little bit out of the context of the show to get in that deep, but it's just something that, I care about a lot and I try to, like when I did the March for science advocate for, but I think I failed then. And I think that people have not successfully gotten the left to embrace, um, the modern engineering necessary. And I don't know how to do that, but hopefully somebody, um, thinks of it
1: and saves the world. Cause that would be great. Uh, my criticism miles of the movie was how unrealistic the, the meteor hitting earth would be. <laughs> so it was a comment, but yeah. Comet. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Comet. Whatever. It's a space rock crashing into Earth. But OK, regardless of all that, um, the the movie got me thinking
0: about because, you know, I grew up in the 90s. Right. There's a lot of like meteor hitting Earth fiction in the 90s. And um, this was kind of like a return to that kind of idea. So I was thinking, like, where did this all come from? And like, of course, in, in ancient history, in Greek and Roman history, you know, they saw meteors and they saw comets. It, it, they didn't know what meteors were back then. But you could definitely see a comet. Right. They have the great big tail there. They're pretty noticeable, especially when they have less light pollution like we have now. Um, they saw them as like, um, you know, like ominous or like positive signs, like like something big was going to happen. Right. Like the death of a ruler or the outcome of a battle or if you were going to get laid, you know, important things like that. Um, <laughs> you see it in like Jewish mythology, of course, you know, like with the Magi um, following the comet to Bethlehem, Is a story that uh, I assume most people know. Or in like um, 44 BC, um, Ju- Julius Caesar died, and there was a comment, and then like people argued that um, this was his proof of his deification after his assassination. So those are a couple really popular examples of um, those cultures like being aware of comments and having them, you know, be important to their culture. Um, you know, there, there's examples of of uh, meteor showers happening and like preventing battles or wars because everyone was like kind of oh. spooked. You know, I thought the gods are pissed at them. People
1: worship um, media years for a time, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and 3,000 years ago in China, we have the Chinese Oracle Bones, which we could do a whole segment on them. They're really awesome. They're some of the oldest known transcriptions of the Chinese language and culture. Um, they are made on, like, an ox shoulder blade and, like, the, the belly of a turtle shell. So they're really cool. They have all kinds of information. But importantly for our um, conversation is they talked about a solar eclipse and a comet. You know, so these are important Things that people would write about, preserve, and talk about in history.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there is uh, there's other examples where, uh, like, Montezuma II uh, saw like a comet before the Spanish uh, conquest, and they said that that heralded the fall of the Triple Alliance. Stuff like that. What's interesting is that it it seems like um, some cultures were able to predict uh, solar eclipses and stuff before they even happened. Like, I know the Mayas. There's a particular uh stelae, like a artifact that mm-hmm. has an inscription of like the, the date of a solar eclipse and nasa has been able to con- confirm that like a solar eclipse did actually happen at that location at the time they described and uh it seems like the astronomers of that culture were able to predict that that event was going to happen so that's pretty cool
0: yeah and so like obviously ancient cultures lot you know all across the world had stories about Comets, meteors, and solar eclipses. Um, so, the actual discovery of meteors as a distinct astrological body was in 1801. It was Sears, which is actually a dwarf planet that's in the asteroid belt, which is between Mars and Jupiter. Um, it's changed classifications between an asteroid or a dwarf planet, but as of right now, it it's back in the dwarf planet category. Um, While well, scientists were working out all the details of asteroids and what they meant and where they were. Sci-fi writers, of course, begin speculating on it because that's what we do. Um, in 1985, Robert Cromay, who who wrote this book called The Crack of Doom, which is a Lord of the Rings thing, but not in this example. In this example, it's a sci-fi thing. And um, he proposed that nuclear weapons actually blew up all these planets and the asteroid belt was their remains, which um, is uh is a cool idea, I guess. And um, uh, basically all the astros are the bones of these civilizations. And his book is one of the first books ever to mention atomic weapons as well. Mentioned that like um, the atom could be used for massive power to destroy things. So um, the book isn't that well remembered other than being the first at this stuff. But it's interesting. You can see even 1895, this idea of like um, asteroids and atomic bombs were still linked together at that time. Um, also I was reading the book a little bit and it's cool cause the first chapter is called the universe was a mistake. And the, the first um cool. sentence in the book is the universe was a mistake. So huh. that's cool. I, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, so later th- this idea in sci-fi was that basically the asteroid belt was like an impassable field of asteroids, right? Just like asteroids all around, like in the game asteroids in, or something like that, you know? Um, yeah. And basically, like, it'd be hard to go through. You'd get, like, these kind of space cowboys that would have to, you know, fly through them. And, like, this idea was popular in, like, the 30s and 40s. Like, Isaac Asimov's short story, Marooned Off Vista, is a good example of this. Um, although, really, we started learning more that the Astro Belt was not like that at all. And that idea, like, kind of dropped from popularity. But you do see it pop up again in the 80s in Empire Strikes Back. Um, You know, like they wouldn't actually go into an asteroid field. Well, it'd be crazy to follow us, wouldn't they? That scene, mm-hmm. that's um, a good scene. I like that scene. Yeah, it's it's from pretty good movie. <laughs> um, you then get this idea of asteroids being good for mining. Um, You get this in a Clifford D. Simak's 1932 short story. It's called "The Asteroids of Gold," which you can imagine what that's about. And um, th- just like 40 years prior a little bit more Um, you have like the, the Klondike gold rush, right. Which followed the California gold rush, which is basically all these people moving into um, Alaska to, to mine for gold because it was richly purposed by America. And so that's kind of like going out into the, you know, to white settlers, what would be like the wilderness and and looking for riches. And so it was easy to kind of turn that into a sci-fi story and make that about asteroids. So that was a popular thing. And you see that in don't look up, um the tech people want to mine the asteroid for gold. And you know, yeah. that's a thing people actually do think about doing. So it it's a thing that is part of sci fi for a long time, still is, and is you I, know, somewhat part of reality.
1: I um, think uh I think a US senator actually proposed a bill or or passed a bill to that meant that private corporations could uh mine and sell contents of a meteor if they wanted yeah, to. So it's like it's like, a, it's like
0: a it's like a real ish thing, right? So mm-hmm. um Another example of um, asteroids is you start to get this idea of them being um, habitable, Um, like people going and seizing them, not just for mining, but to live on. You can see this in like uh, X-Men, actually. Uh, Magneto has Asteroid M, which is like the base for mutants, which he also uses as a weapon, which is pretty cool. Um, And then you have this thing in the 90s, which was like this big cultural moment. And I think it deserves kind of its own conversation. But a lot of people in the 90s, kind of started to think that we were like on the edge of the end of history because major wars had really dropped off, life expectancy was declining, the economy was doing well. Um, you know, like there wasn't as much social unrest. Of course, you know, there's a lot of things you can point to uh, uh, and, and inequities and stuff that were happening, but there was a large feeling that things were going really well um, for society. And so we didn't have as much of those cultural fears in our media. And so it seems like this idea of a meteor hitting earth was a good way to bring up this kind of existential threat back in because we didn't have fears of, you know, nuclear war or famine and stuff like that in the West at the time. So like you see this idea in like Final Fantasy seven, which is one of the biggest video game releases of all time, which is all about a meteor falling to earth. It's brought by magic, but it doesn't matter, you know? there's there's a there's a meteor falling to earth it's a major part of the game and you see it in the sky all the time and it's like an impending doom um in uh, legends of zelda majora's mask same thing you have like a meteor like constantly falling to earth it's like this ominous doom and then you have um dual movies in 1998 with armageddon and deep impact where in armageddon we send um miners drillers to (laughs) drill into an asteroid and blow it up uh, I actually like Armageddon, like, unironically. I think it's a fun movie. I asked Michael why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers, and he told me to shut 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 the fuck up. So that, that was the end of that talk. He was like, you know, Ben, just shut up, okay? You know, this is a real plan, all right? I was like, you mean it's a real plan at NASA to train oil drillers? He was like, just shut your mouth. Um, Has really good dialogue. And then... um. <laughs> deep impact with the uh, Frodo Baggins and um, the meteor actually hits in that movie. So it's not quite as fun, but the point is there was dual movies in 1988 about asteroids hitting earth and a lot of major media about that. So it seemed like a really big idea at the time. And it's kind of interesting that we're getting back to it. With Don't look up because like, I think it's almost the opposite because like in the nineties, I think people were feeling pretty good about the progress of history. So the meteor was like this new threat that, You know, it's it's not really human and it's like, can we fix this together kind of problem or don't look up is like we have a bunch of threats, like we're actively in a pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. And we actually have climate change, but the meteor is a metaphor for those things, even though they're here. So I think that those films strike a really different tone and purpose. And so it's kind of interesting to see how people talked about meteors and comments in the past and the way that they do now. So that's really cool. Do you guys like (laughs) Armageddon? Am I the only one that likes Armageddon?
1: Uh, I haven't uh, seen Armageddon. Oh, is it good?
0: I want to watch Armageddon with you now. Yeah. Oh, we can do no, Armageddon. Armageddon's great. Show. It's so
1: fun. Is, is that I the can... one where they die in the end? Is that Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis dies. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Arrow no, Smith he was like, oh, no,
2: he was dead the whole time. That's the twist.
1: <laughs> no, He's dead the, the, the whole different. time. <laughs> oh, sorry.
0: And um, then Arrow now, Smith sings the song when he <laughs> dies. You know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just to feel you
0: breathing. I will <laughs> Here's you my question. lost in this moment.
2: Yeah. My question to you, Miles, is where does yep. Moonfall fit into your hypothesis? Oh, oh so
0: yeah, I, I haven't it's, seen Moonfall yet. I,
2: I, I bring that up because I just wrote something about Moonfall last week. Um, vis-a-vis Velikovsky because, uh, it it seems like an obvious connection, but it took me a long time to figure it out. Well, <laughs> Velikovsky, of course, was the guy with catastrophism in the '50s who said yeah, yeah. this was a comet that came out of Jupiter and all kinds of nonsense.
1: We we could totally survive the KPG uh, mass extinction or okay. whatever meteor hitting Earth.
0: But yeah, um, meteors Some of us hit it. Earth, right? Like yeah. so, like um, meteors are one of the major villains in Earth's history. Really, I think right. like the number one villain of all time is probably the great oxidation event. So mm-hmm. like oxygen is probably the number one killer of life on earth. We kind of don't yeah. think about it that way. Cause we call the air we breathe oxygen, which isn't really that accurate, but, um, most, you know,
1: nitrogen and all that.
0: Yeah. But there's this event on earth called like the oxygen Holocaust or the great oxidation event, which basically almost all life on earth was destroyed by a max event, max of, uh, a massive increase of oxygen. Um, you can find some really good videos on that on YouTube if you want to learn about it, or you know, read a damn book. But um, basically, like that, just wiped out almost all life on Earth. It's one of our great extinctions. But also, there's another major event, Trey, which I assume you're going to tell me something about.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, so like that's the thing is meteorites, So um, meteorites seem to have happened at the very caused at the very least like two mass extinctions. I know yeah. that. So the most famous one everybody knows is the K P G mass extinction. Uh, also called the KT mass extinction. That's so where they killed your you uh, to uh, to. profile picture. Took him out. They killed all the dinosaurs. Or not all of them, most of them. Yeah. Um, the Devonian, I think it's the Devonian, Devonian mm, Carboniferous mass extinction was also might've been a meteorite, maybe even a bigger one than the KPG. I have to look back at it. Um, so that, that, would be, that would be something that kills Tiktaalik and stuff. Poor Tiktaalik.
0: But also um, there are hypotheses that the water and building blocks that made amino acids on Earth were brought here from comets. Um yeah, is, yeah. the, the amino acid part is amino acid part is not as well agreed upon, but the idea that they brought water or other complex organic molecules is more agreed upon. We don't know this for sure, I don't believe, but um, you know, comets could have brought life and asteroids could have destroyed life. So yeah. it's kind of interesting our relationship with that historically as a planet.
1: Yeah, no definitely. Yeah, so I, I wanted to talk about that, like how would how would humans survive something like the KPG mass extinction? And I feel like we could. I feel like a couple of us could. It would be. It would yeah, be I'd tough. be fine. I'm not
0: going out <laughs> anywhere.
1: I don't your know best, about all you guys, but your best chance is so essentially when the meteorite hits and it, it kills everything, what you want to do is you want to be underground in a really really safe bunker. Yeah, uh, we cannot bounce allow around. a mine shaft gap yeah (laughs) yeah mind chef (laughs) cap watch dr strange
0: love if you don't get that joke
1: yeah so it would probably so the main thing that would probably be the biggest thing that would kill you is the fact that like plants wouldn't really be growing that much during the the time that after that the meteor or asteroid hit earth yeah because you would have a lot out the
0: sun a a a photosynthesis would not work as well for a century or two right
1: right it, so it was actually slow like the amount of time like our uh, paleontologists have calculated it it would have it, like the dust would have settled a little sooner than you would think
3: mm-hmm. um
1: it at, at around like so with the kpg mass extinction it was around like 17 to 18 years is how long like that time period where like plants wouldn't photosynthesize as well um you sort of have to hold out until then um and then plants for a really long time afterwards, for like maybe like a, a couple hundred thousand years, maybe even a million years, wouldn't really be able to like the plants would remain small, like ferns and grasses and stuff. Um, and it would really take a while longer for forests to recover. Um, but you could you could you, humans could stock up enough food, I think, to survive.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think a small portion of humans would probably live. Yeah, including me. So-
1: Including you, Miles, you would yeah, survive? Yeah, I'm fucking
0: fine. I'm not even worried about it.
1: <laughs> it might I take a little while. Like Final
0: Fantasy VII, I'm not scared of meteors. I know how to deal with that shit. <laughs> and also, I don't know, I get on my high horse when I start talking about climate change because I just feel like we waste so much energy talking about it wrong and I just really want us to get this right, you know? So I'm just like, fuckers, like, get your shit together.
1: No, no I feel that. I feel that. it's frustrating more than anything I just want to save all the animals, man. <laughs> we, I want to see the, the whales and stuff. The I mean, It's sad that I'm, we might be like the last generation that might have blue whales. It's sad.
0: Or fucking rhinos or elephants or Bigfoot. Yeah. Bigfoot. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I brought that up to Jeff. Remember? I was like, wouldn't he have gone extinct even if he was real? Like, well, doesn't He's climate like... change just fucking kill his ass? They don't ever want to talk about that
1: oh no i mean
0: like if if bigfoot was real do you think it's more or less likely that he would have gone extinct
1: he he would be long dead by this point yeah i mean grizzly bears
0: aren't around here anymore cougars are out of a lot of areas like the large predators are gone
2: i'd like to see a story where yeah when at the same time the settlers are like killing off the wolves and the cougars like they're shooing the bigfoots into washington state and like penning them off (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's why there's no wild bigfoots visible anymore
0: i took my girlfriend to the zoo a couple days ago right and Mm -hmm. uh, they have large grizzly bears like adult ass grizzly bears and you look at them and look i don't want to kill the animals i want them to live very happily but i'm like there's no way we were hanging out in the same area with grizzly bears like it was them or us like i i don't like feeling that way but i'm just like yeah dude if that thing was around my house i'd shoot it like and you would too you just you could not live near them they're giant fucking monsters like they just look like they just whoop your ass you know like you can have every power up imaginable and like twice the power of mike tyson and it would whoop your ass like (laughs) That's just what they are, dude. They're just killer monsters. And I know that they're not hunting you knocking on your door and pulling you out of your house, but you know, they come for your food and you need that food. They're taking you out. So I get why settlers killed them. But like, there's no way we also would have Bigfoot around. Like, Bigfoot would break into your store shed and steal all your oats or whatever you got in your store shed.
1: Your your mice wrapped in grass. Yeah. He would take your mice
0: collection. (laughs) I mean, like, They would have mentioned him in a little house in the prairie book. That's all I'm saying.
1: Miles, Miles, I'm gonna I'm gonna post a video on the channel that's just titled Miles describes a grizzly bear, and it's just gonna be that clip where you're like, you can't fight them. (laughs) You
0: can't, dude. Like they are, they are just music hating, godless monsters. (laughs) Like (laughs) fucking bears, dude. I told you that story. I fought a bear the one time, you know. It was yeah, not a grizzly
1: cereal bear. Box. Your, your cereal. Yeah, it,
0: it was not a grizzly bear, you know. It was just a little baby brown bear. But like still, fuck grizzly bears, dude. <laughs> Ain't no one dealing with that shit. That's
1: pretty good. That's pretty good.
0: But uh <laughs> it's time we talk about something more important, more real. De- dear to our hearts. And dear to our hearts. You want to start us off, Russ?
2: Oh my god, is it time for Monster Quest? Monster Monster Quest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Head start.
3: Witnesses around the world report seeing monsters. Are they real or imaginary? Science searches for answers. On Monster Quest. I like how
0: you always laugh right there, Trey. It always gives me a part to cut to.
1: <laughs> it's like my favorite thing, the Monster Quest sound.
0: <laughs> okay, Trey. Mm-hmm. So what do we got this time?
1: We have um, a little creature called the Vampire Beast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I'm eating a chocolate, chocolate okay. chip. And it,
2: and it is a little <laughs> creature. It's not. It doesn't seem that scary to me. It's not a grizzly bear, I'll tell you that.
1: So it's um,
0: apparently about four and a half feet long, with a face like a cat. Claws like a dog and teeth mm. like a vampire. Oh my god! Yep. It, and, it uh, lives in
1: North Carolina.
0: Yep. And according to Monster Crest, whatever it is, it's killing just for the purpose to kill. It's a thrill it's pretty, killer. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs>
1: badass. Well, didn't they bring up that the the vampire beast like just does stuff to fuck with people? Like it it digs up corpses and. And drags well them we'll, just to we'll, them. we'll get to that. We'll get oh, to sorry, that. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but the creature we're looking for is this. um I don't know, half feline, half canid, half vampire. I don't know what va- what genus vampires are.
1: It, it's <laughs> it's like a um, like just a little little rascal. I I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's, it's a little rascal. <laughs> well,
1: if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I
2: think the people that we talked to in the episode didn't actually see it. I think the description is from sightings 50 years in the past.
0: Yeah. So there's yes. the, the Beast of um, Bladenborough. Bladenborough. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. But we're looking for this thing that might be might have been spotted in the 1950s entitled the Beast of Bladenborough. It looks like a, a cat dog vampire. Um, it kills just to kill. It doesn't give a fuck. Um, and it, uh, it can beat a pit bull easily. Mm-hmm. Um and it lives in what's the say North Carolina. Yeah. And it roams around the woods there. So that that's what we're looking for. So um on its face value, I think uh, other than the vampire part, like it's more like believable than, you know, like Nessie or Bigfoot, right? Cuz it's not that big. Mm-hmm. Um but I I guess it like I, if you if you were to think an animal was real and it had feline and canine like properties, like looked a little bit like both to a non-expert. Do you think that that thing could be real? What would that make you think of?
1: Um, I would think it would be like a, this sounds like it's like a, uh, like a relative of like a bobcat or a cougar. Hmm. Um, I
0: was thinking like a marsupial, maybe like, uh, like the thylacine. Um, see that. They're a little feline, a little canid-looking, if you didn't know, right? Like, mm-hmm. have a little bit of both well, features.
2: My wife uh, calls foxes cat dogs. So yeah, if they've
0: well, got a cat dog, dog is, of course, a 90s beloved show.
1: Uh, Miles, are you suggesting that uh, Coconuts migrate. Ble- <laughs> what?
3: Where'd you get the coconuts? We found them. Found them? In Mercia, the coconuts tropical. What do you mean? Well, this is a temperate zone. The swallow may fly south with the sun, or the house martin or the plover may seek warmer climes in winter, yet these are not strangers to our land. Are you suggesting coconuts migrate? Not at all.
1: (laughs) sorry. Uh, are you suggesting that this is a like late surviving creature from like the bridging of North and South America? Cause there were, yeah, sure. Marsupial huh. predators yeah. in South America. It, it's possible, I guess. It's, no, I,
0: uh, yeah. Um, no, it, it really isn't, but yeah. <laughs> no,
1: it really isn't. Um, I was just,
0: you know, like if you were thinking and, and they assuming there's some validity, like if somebody had really seen this and you could somehow confirm that they saw this, like, I think what I would propose was that, It's a marsupial um, that has these kind of like um, convergent evolution traits that make it look a little feline, a little dog like. Other than, I don't know how to deal with the vampire part of the mix. I don't (laughs)
1: know. Yeah. What is a vampire? Isn't a real creature. Well, are they sapiens? Are they they like um,
0: Nosferatus, Homoists? I I have
1: seen that interpretation. There is a book by, you're going to hate me, Miles, for bringing him up, George R. R. Martin. Uh-huh. Um, where he has vampires in him, but they are like scientific vampires. They are like a species, a subspecies of humans. Mm-hmm. I saw the other day. You're like, oh, I talked about
0: Game of Game Thrones. Thrones. I'm <laughs> my good. Get
1: it out of your system.
0: I don't want to <laughs> hear
1: about it. <laughs> my, Miles, I went on and on. It was so oh, bad. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm happy for you.
0: You know, I just want you to feel joy, just not around me.
3: <laughs> hey, I'm trying to work sorry what's your problem no one wants to see this it's very disturbing two people aren't allowed to be happy well you're allowed to be happy but not in front of me so let's move it down
1: (laughs) i met my mash i met so i was talking with preston jacobs who's like Uh a big game of thrones guy and we were like literally the same exact person we were like nerdy now on game of thrones stuff it was great
0: never watched it i read the first (laughs) book it was fine yeah anyway it has nothing to do with this monster, nothing to or, do with this or thing. nothing to do with North Carolina in
1: general. This Lame ass monster. I'm going to say it. This oh, thing okay. sucks. It, it really this is, is
0: no, it's a really great monster and you should listen to the rest of the episode and then like it. <laughs> oh. leave a comment. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. 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 So, okay. So that's what we're looking for. We know what it is. Maybe. Um, what is the
1: search? What do we do to try to find this thing? They're, it's killing their dogs. Oh, my gosh. It, it's it's a, It's very mean. And and that and some goats
2: died 200 miles away. So those are clearly related.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all it does. It just kills pets and, and livestock, and you just kind of think it's the same thing. So um,
0: I think the Monster Quest crew goes and talks to um, this fella, um, William Bill Robinson. Right, his dog, which was a pit bull, um, was killed out on his like rural um, homestead that he has. And uh, apparently the dog was, like, laying there dead and, like, pretty beat up. And I guess, like, it had its um, intestines pulled out of its body. Yeah. So that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, um,
1: this is kind of sad. There's another incident with Leon Williams where his dog also died in kind of a brutal way. Yeah. Like Crushed the skull, kind of. Crushed right? the skull, Yeah. And uh and then like one of them, I I, I mixed them up which one's which, because they're both kind of similar stories, where like the beast uh they it kills the dog and then they bury the dog, and then like later they find the dog dug up and moved back to where the dog was killed in the first place. Yeah,
0: I believe that's Bill Robinson. He claims that um Rayway was killed and gutted, and then he buried him, and then he found like the next day or so that the dog had its carcass had been dug up and then returned to the place. He originally found it dead.
1: But why, why would the, why would the beast do this? I, I don't know. They ask, um, it's a Todd thrill Padgett. killer.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it always return to the scene of the crime. Um, <laughs> they asked Todd Paget, who's a biologist for Carolina's wildlife resource commission um, about these events. And he thinks that it's all like pretty consistent with how local predators would, would kill dogs. And doesn't find any of this really to be anomalous or strange other than the part where allegedly this dog was unburied. I guess exhumed is the word for that. Um, exhumed and then returned to the place where it was killed. That part he says he can't explain, which I don't know. I don't know if this event happened, of course, or not. You know, this yeah. guy's just telling us his story. But, um, yeah, I don't know. That's very strange animal behavior as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. I don't if know. That do that vampires happens, do that? I don't think cats or happens, dogs totally do that. Strange. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't. I guess it's just really a mean creature. It's just kind of a bully.
0: Yeah, I'm a little suspicious that that actually happened. Is my opinion. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if he. You know, it could have been a traumatic experience for him. He's like kind of misremembering it, or, or what you know. But well,
1: that, that's the thing with this episode. It was just kind of sad. It was just kind of depressing that you hear these people's pets like die. But that's just like what happens when you live out in the country like that. Like your yeah. cat, cat just goes missing one day and you don't see him. Yeah. A coyote, or just a bobcat, or something—it just happens.
0: Yeah, those those non-domesticated predators will kick their ass.
1: Yeah, or even dogs, or even just uh, wild dogs, like feral dogs, will just kill them. Sure, wild pack of family dogs. Yeah, it's a modest mouse song. It's a
0: good song. Modest mouse.
1: Um, uh, <laughs> what else yeah. what else happened there was um so they went into the woods and put camera traps right yeah
0: they they get a team up um they get bill robinson and his cousin and tom mm-hmm. Paget, who's the biologist and uh some of them wearing some sick ass camo and they go out in the woods and they go looking for this thing and um they find like a cattle skull or something that's like been clean and dead and they're like is this signs of the vampire beast <laughs> I'm like no, probably not, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it could be, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's
0: just a dead animal skeleton. It's pretty common, despite Bigfoot people saying that there are no bones out in the woods, but there are bones out in the woods.
1: Yeah, so that's kind of the search, really, huh? <laughs> they really, well, they did. They did do. They did dig dig up a poor dog's body.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah,
2: that was great television. I'm so glad they showed us that. That was horrible. Yeah, tell tell <laughs> us what they showed us, Russ. Oh well, you had to see this poor guy basically choking back tears exhuming his dead pet and trying to find cuz it had been buried for a while mm-hmm. so basically trying to dig around in the mud trying to find this disarticulated skeleton to bring it to the vet who really didn't end up telling us anything we didn't already know so it was just a lot <laughs> of horror just for the sake of it
1: well, yeah and at one point they needed a monster quest crew member to dig up the body cuz the <laughs> the family just couldn't handle it that's that's like really messed up yeah, of not my favorite Monster Quest moment. They they put they pick it up. They put it on like a a piece of like a a like piece of plastic, and then put it in the back of the pickup truck and take it to this vet. So the sorry. Vet-
2: sorry, Coco or Bobo or whoever it was, <laughs> Coco, Ray Coco Ray Ray, Coco and would- Ray Ray. Yeah, Oh are Coco now. Coco is going to haunt them, haunt the ranch. That's what's going to happen.
0: So oh, they're they're trying whoa, 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 to whoa connect.
1: Thing. Okay, yeah. One more thing they they got this uh, Dr. Joe Fox and Robert Benson. They got sounds and they got a, they played them on like a, a loudspeaker for mm-hmm. Leon Williams and yeah. Glinda Floyd. To that was identify. interesting. Yes. I
2: think I think that was a reasonably okay test. Um with strange yeah, results. Yeah, so it was
0: it wasn't double-blinded, but it was blinded, right? So they they basically mm-hmm. had a ser- like a soundboard of like 10 or so wild animal sounds. And they didn't tell him what they were. And they played the sounds and got their response to each one of them. And, you know, they'd be like a, a bobcat or a wolf or a coyote or a dog or whatever. You know, like some pseudo normative animals for the area. And then they also had a tiger. And yes. they were, yeah, and the one dude responded positively to the tiger growl. He's like, that mm-hmm. is it mostly. He actually had a caveat where he said, like, it didn't sound exactly like it. But they they played to the part that he picked out the tiger sound yeah mm-hmm.
2: and he said absolutely no to all the usual things like coyotes yeah. and and whatever else
1: and the lady we didn't even get to see what the lady picked right. out It didn't seem like she identified any of the sounds
2: right yeah she just generally yeah that's right we didn't get to see her react to anything they just had a voiceover later saying oh she thought it was a cat
1: yeah So that was a little suspicious. My
0: explanation for that is if your head if in your head you're looking for a monster, the one that sounds most like a monster's growl is a tiger. Mm. So that's what you're gonna piece together while you're trying to build the monster in your head. So that's just I just think that's a effect of imagination. Um so all this though is they're they're trying to give this some patina of a historical event um tray. The um the beast of a blade and burrow. It's um, in 1953. There's this report of a, a sleek black and five foot long, like monster killing dogs or whatever. And um it was called in by this one dude who later admits that uh he made it up for the attention.
1: Oh, of course.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there you go.
1: Yeah. Well, it's apparently told... it says that they killed a bobcat around that time. So yes, they, they did kill there.
0: a bobcat, but I think that's, Probably not the creature that was doing it, yeah, probably not <laughs>
1: this
2: whole I mean, this not- whole this whole episode is just so it's it's trying to make something out of nothing because you've got yeah. the you've got the so so again, all you've got in the modern time is you've got the two dead dogs you've got two hundred miles away we' some, we' got some dead goats for some reason, we're connecting those two I'm not sure mm-hmm. why, and then we go back fifty years in the past. To say, oh, yeah, something got killed 50 years ago and somebody saw a five foot long cat dog. And all <laughs> this is somehow connected to make an episode. It's just a real stretch.
0: It is very odd. And then let, let's just get to the findings on this. So we talked to Dr. Uh, George uh, Fieldhammer. who's a dwarf, obviously, with a name like that. Um, he, he, he claims that it's most obviously another pit bull that did it. Yeah. Which, you know checks out to me pit bulls kill other pit bulls pretty often you know they're normally pretty aggressive to other pit bulls it it tracks out that way um Mm -hmm. the the owners of the dogs you know do not accept that hypothesis that a dog did it but you know man they're like they're not experts on dog wounds and also you know it's it's pretty traumatic to have your dog die like i mean you love your dog you know like you're probably not in the best state of mind to analyze the situation anyway like We also talked to a veterinarian who looks at uh, a Coco's remains
1: and uh, what was her findings? Her findings were nothing. Yeah. (laughs) It's just that I think she said she identified that it was probably a pit bull or a Bobcat as the killer. Um, And the one thing that she said was that like, Oh, uh, Coco was uh, 120 pounds. Didn't they say something like that? Yeah. And so like, they're like, Oh, that's too big for a Bobcat. Therefore, it must be the vampire beast. But yeah, I mean, it's
0: it's either a bobcat or a vampire beast. There's, <laughs> there's no other solu- like possible option here.
1: Are, are there black bears in this area? I'm pretty sure there's black bears in this area. I don't know. I'm not from there, but uh, we, have, we I don't know Bob, bobcats aren't that
0: big, but a bobcat could beat a dog, especially if oh, dog's yeah. not ready to fight. You know, there's black bears in this area. Yeah,
1: yeah. There you go. Some options. I think a
0: black bear w- would bite its throat and you'd probably have a throat tore out. But mm. yeah. Um, and then uh, Jonathan saw Shaw, the wildlife biologist. Um, we talks about the goat killings, even though they're not really relevant to this, but just to put a bow on that. Um, he's like, yeah, coyotes killed the goats, which is, you know, rather mundane thing that a predator canid killed some goats mm-hmm. like miles away from this event, but they bring it up <laughs> for some reason. So,
1: yeah why i don't get it i i uh, don't get it this one was very kind of bare bones here yeah uh, oh and at the very end they threw this right. weird thing at the very end uh the cougar photo oh the yeah
0: photo. they have a cougar yeah they oh, where's this cougar photo come from i don't even understand
1: they said it, the photographer was anonymous
0: yeah they just like they look at a picture of a cougar and they're like oh huh? that was it why
2: why why Uh, is this guy scared that someone might know he took a photo of a cougar why is he what is he afraid of i (laughs) know you can't tell them my name i know you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna finger me as one of those forest perverts
0: (laughs) i I don't understand either it was very strange because i mean you know if you told me a cougar killed these dogs i'm like yeah sure a cougar would beat the shit out of a dog you know like cougar's mean monster animal like sure but what is i mean there's no cougars here they've been extant for what like 100 years right yeah because yeah. the same thing with with grizzly bears you gotta kill them you gotta get rid of them and also we destroy their habitat because that's what we do to things um so they ain't living around here like it's plausible right like if there's a cougar it's not an implausible thing but there's no evidence that it's a cougar other than this one photo where we don't know where it came from or anything
1: about it right right that, that photo could have been taken anywhere and, yeah, and then, like, it's and, zero even, and even so, there's yeah. co- there's cougars out of um, ranges that they typically aren't. Like we talked about that one story where there was a cougar in New Jersey or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And
2: you could, well, actually, I looked up this up a little bit because apparently, because one of the guys, I forget which guy it was on this show, was very adamant. Like no, 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 cougars. They've been extirpated <laughs> yeah. from this region. Shut your dirty mouth. There's no cougars out here. And New Jersey will tell you the same thing. I know the case you're talking about, Trey. They'll tell you the mm-hmm. same thing. Be like, get out of here with your cougar bullshit. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Who's to say? Let's be honest. This was recorded in the pre-Tiger King days. We know there. Are, <laughs> we know there are ranches and farms for big cats out there. There could be an escape. But the thing is that bothers me about a lot of these Monster Quest episodes, and I love the show as much as you guys do. But, like, you get this really tantalizing piece of evidence at the end after they've already finished production, basically. And me, I'm like, okay, well, we got to go on to the next one. We're not going to follow <laughs> up on this massive piece of evidence that could break the case if we could figure out who fucking took the photo. No, we're just going to leave it there.
0: Yeah, well, we like we t- we had Doug Hijick on the show, yeah. the producer and creator, right? I th- basically asked him about that kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, man, we only got so much money to do the thing. We got to yeah. just finish it. I mean, you know.
2: I... I get it, but at the same time, like, you could do a
1: sequel.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You do on the Bigfoot uh, cabin Bigfoot, one. The
1: cabin, that's, that, was, that was awful. That was <laughs> yeah, <it's> terrible.
0: <laughs> the sequel's so bad, they're like, they're like, we'll go back to the cabin. And then, they're like, nothing happened.
1: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they did have a sequel for the Big Fish one, like Monster Fish Part Monster 2. Monster Fish. Monster Fish. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not the best Monster Quest this week, sorry, but we rambled about a lot of stuff. This is going to be a, you know, a good medium-sized episode, so people can forgive us on that. This um, was
1: this was the I think this was the worst Monster Quest episode.
0: Yeah, so we normally like give it a rating. So like this is a 6.1 on IMDb, which is actually like, serious moderately that's high yeah.
2: yeah, that's higher than some of the other ones.
0: So no. if you if you look at the ratings, like yeah, this normally gets voted a 7 out of 10. And it's, it's in the upper echelon of episodes of the show. What's, what's like the nothing happened? 20%. And then people, I don't know. Yo,
2: people, people loving that uh, dog carcass exhumation. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, that's... can't get enough of it. I
0: think, I think what it is, is in a rural town, an animal snatching up and killing dogs seems more plausible than some of the other ones. It seems probably more relatable to a lot of people. Cause you know, I used to live in a rural area and like, animals getting taken and killed there's something that happens so like i think the idea of there being a monster that does it kind of rings truer than some of the other episodes um see that just makes it
2: that just makes it more boring to me like i want to see some fantastic
0: it it does i find it more boring but you know (laughs) it's it's more believable than the flatwoods monster right like so um let's let's uh yeah i don't know what would you give it out of 10 trey
1: i'm giving this a a two because they traumatized this poor man yeah don't be mean the dogs
0: <laughs> I, I i'm with you i'm giving it a two how about uh, you russ i
2: i guess i'd go three just because they did they didn't point the cameras the wrong way and uh, <laughs> they, oh, did, the they did they did <laughs> we didn't get
0: anything <laughs> yeah. I mean, no i normally no. don't
2: I mean, it did, it, it wasn't done like it wasn't done on like bark and like the words were English. So like they successfully made a television show, so I'll give it a three just for, for not <laughs> right. um, bungling the, the mechanics of it. I suppose
0: our top rated episode so far is the giant squid episode. That's, that's number one. I agree. That one's I don't know if it'll really be good. topped because that one's pretty awesome. Mm, mm. Um. So they, let's check out some of the comments here. One guy says this has always been my all-time favorite Monster Quest episode.
1: What? Right. Is, th- these people aren't real, Miles. Fake. <laughs> His it's name a, is Pocasaurus. Oh, it sounds like a subscriber or trade explainer right there. Yeah, that's
0: what I'm saying, man. <laughs> so, I don't know so a lot of people had comments about the brutalness of digging up the dog, which you know. Ugh.
1: Yeah, that was pretty bad. That was pretty bad. That was mm.
2: that's scarier than the vampire beast.
0: <laughs> the trauma. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of people claim that, yeah, cougars exist and wildlife experts always deny their existence. Mm-hmm. You know, which is, is somewhat probable. I, I could see experts denying cougars being in areas where one cougar has a really long range that it's roaming. You yeah. know, I, I can no, that's, see that's that reasonable. being true. I'm not saying it is true, but like, I don't find that to be an outlandish claim.
1: The The CEO of memes says, as someone who lives in North Carolina, I'm happy to see History Channel covering this.
0: So there you go. Yeah,
4: yeah
1: he's got a crusader icon speak up speak up ceo did you have
2: something killed on your property let's uh... yeah (laughs) he seems very invested
1: yeah yeah something good to watch on halloween day somebody was watching this on halloween
0: there's one person says that wildlife dude his job is to make sure none of this gets out all the male professionals this episode look so nervous
1: what (laughs) what what That's uh, that's pretty good right there. All the male professionals look really nervous.
0: This one guy's like, I know two big brown goats that died. Maybe the vampire beast did it. There you go. Yeah. That's
1: the thing is you'll get you'll just get stuff unconnected, and they'll, they'll just lump them in based that's on nothing. That's the
0: human brain with that pattern recognition, my man. <laughs> well,
1: what's uh oh, God. I was going to ask what the next episode was. Miles, do you know what the next episode is? Oh, hold on. Hold
0: on. Hold on. Season two, episode four is... Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, God. I gotta do ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> I hate so much. Ghosts are so stupid. <laughs> like, it's just look. If you tell me there's a monster in the woods, maybe. You know? Like, if you tell me there's a bear with demon teeth or a cat dog with vampire teeth or a chupacabra. With, like, a weasel's face or some kind of weird animal thing, I'd be like, okay, man, maybe, sure. But they're just not ghosts, though, you know? There just really isn't ghosts. They're, they're real, Miles. Why what are they made out of? What are they made out of?
2: They're not cryptids. Even if there were ghosts, they're not cryptids.
0: Yeah. So, so, um, this is where you get into the
1: nomenclature
0: of cryptids. Yeah, I was arguing about this the other day because <laughs> people were arguing if aliens count as cryptids, right? Yeah. And like, I think grays and stuff are cryptids. I think they're, they follow, because I, I prescribe to cryptids being like a, a cultural, like um, mourning of the loss of wilderness and people create them that correspond with believability that their culture will accept at the time, you know? And post like exploring space, you need that new wilderness to have a new monster. So grays and stuff are that, um,
1: uh, I am looking up Oxford dictionary ref- describes a cryptid as an animal whose existence yeah. or survival to the present day is disputed or unsubstantiated.
0: And see Darren Nash threw that in my face. Cause you know, aliens wouldn't be animalia, right? They'd be a different chain of life. Mm-hmm. So he basically told me to shut up and I'm wrong. Um, I mean, so there's, there's, there's
1: a, no bacterial cryptids or plant yeah,
0: cryptids. Yeah, well, his it's his shitty. his argument is sound that they're not animalia. I just, I don't know. I it's hard to argue the Oxford Dictionary. But, uh, <laughs> I I just think that I think that they count anyway. I guess is my argument. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. But uh, yeah, I guess ghosts aren't really a cryptid and they're not really a thing. Um, but I guess we have to talk about them.
1: Uh, aliens are on the cryptid wiki. So.
0: Oh, well, there you go. I mean, Oxford Dictionary can suck it. We got the Cryptid, <laughs> cryptid Wiki. Wiki so, knows what it's up. I mean, about. quite honestly, fuck off. Yeah, like, our we ghost, win.
1: ghosts are on the Cryptid Wiki as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Got em. So, um, for, you know, The Cryptid Wiki for ghosts is really funny. It's. Do you want to see what it says? It says, no, tell me next time. I don't want to <laughs> know. Background, background type ghost, not a cryptid. Suck <laughs> <laughs> First sighting, first sighting, 70,000 BCE. <laughs> Last sighting, 2013.
0: Was this the gay caveman was the first guy to see one? The gay
1: caveman was the first oh. ghost cryptid.
0: Oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad they stopped in
2: 2013. <laughs> they somebody stopped.
1: Ghosts ceased as a phenomenon in 2013. That's so good. Somebody I'm
2: tell,
0: so
1: glad.
2: Somebody tell Zach Baggins, He didn't get the memo. <laughs>
0: Fucking Zach Bagans.
1: Possible population, large. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm tweeting this out. This is great. I don't know, man. You want to say something about Rods before
0: we let you go? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what,
2: let me say one quick thing about Rods, and then one thing about Skepticism Month before we wrap yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Rods was kind of great because they did figure it out at the end. They like they 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 solved the mystery. They shook the bush. And the moth flew out, and they caught it on the two cameras, and they mashed it up, and rods are bugs. Yeah. And then at the end, they were like, does this mean that all rods are just bugs? Not necessarily. <laughs> and I mean, yes, okay, fine, but dude, you did something cool. You solved the mystery. Be proud of that. Don't keep up the mystery mongering. And they, and they kind of did the same thing at the end of this episode. Um, but yeah. The rods are just ridiculous and hilarious, and, and that's why I like them. And now nobody sees them anymore because I think cameras are better now. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> they, uh, yeah I actually like that episode of Monster Quest because I think they pretty thoroughly debunked them.
2: Yeah, they did a great job, and they yeah. hated themselves for doing such a good job.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> my opinion, Doug does care about finding the truth and is very curious, but I think that there's this. Part of his curiosity that just demands that the mystery lives no matter what, yeah. and he can't put it to bed, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I listened
2: to, I think you're right. I listened to that episode.
0: Yeah. I don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's a good guy, and I like Doug. I just, I just think that he can't hammer that part of his brain down that just wants it to be real, you know? But mm. I get it. You know, I, uh, I obsess about a bunch of fiction and shit that is a waste of my time. I just, I try to partition that away from, belief of how the actual real world works you know so um we actually have a question from a patreon person we can do is our final thing here. oh nice
1: nice uh, yeah Lori, the paleo nerd
0: so we have a question from patreon from Lori, the paleo nerd uh we've been meaning to get to this one a bit but you know we've been away um they ask if either of you could make one person spreading misinformation somebody like david peters ken ham graham hancock
1: if you could make them stop who would you pick <laughs> I guess the question is, like, who's the loudest? Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I would – you know what? I would love Ken Ham to just just stop, just like, just, just stop, to completely yeah. jump ship and go like he, – he gets up on stage and is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah this isn't real. Or wait, let me do it, my accent of him. Yeah, this isn't – I can't do a Ken Ham accent. <laughs> you, must. you must now. You oh, know, I choice. can't. Let's think. Let's think. Black Dragon Canyon. i'm just thinking about like the video i watched him in Uh, this big we have a big pterosaur in black dragon canyon scientists are ignoring it it's a really bad ken Ham impression (laughs) none of this is real (laughs) like at the opening of the um the tower of babel like Mm -hmm. ride that they're gonna put in he just goes like this i i don't believe any of this or whatever i don't know (laughs) it's Ken Ham. Ken, ha- Ken Ham would be the funniest for me. Because Kinham, he's like the loudest sort of creationist out there. So like, I think that'd be funny. How about you, Russ? Um, I don't know. I mean, does...
2: Uh, we talked about him before. Does Lou Elizondo count? Because I... I <laughs> still... <fucking> <laughs> I'm still into UFOs, but like he's... And I, I've said this elsewhere, but I think he is... I think there's a lot of people who are genuinely curious and think there might be something to UFOs and obviously have a little sympathy for them, but I'm pretty sure Lou, just in my estimation and my observation, I'm pretty sure he's probably like 90% grifter. Like he's just trying to make the money where he can and, you know, work the marks because he, he was saying he was doing all the ultra terrestrial, you know, mystical stuff for a while and then to get on 60 Minutes, he went all nuts and bolts again. So it's like, what do you actually believe, dude? You believe whatever the person promoting you wants that, wants you to believe, basically.
0: Yeah, just for the listeners, he's the fellow who claims to have worked at a Pentagon organization covering up UFOs and then leaked the UFOs and is now doing a bunch of press and things for profit talking about this, which um, I covered in depth in one of our previous episodes. Yeah, I think he's a grifter, is my opinion of him. Mm. So signs points to that. Yes. Yeah. I, I would, I would not have him on the show
1: mm.
0: personally. I don't know if Trey would want
1: to talk to him. But no, I I wouldn't really sure. like to talk to him. I, uh, I'm i mean, fine I, with
0: talking to believers that I think are serious, but if I think they're grifters, I just don't want to talk to him. So right. well,
1: it's just a waste of time. Cause it, yeah. it, it's just like, it's essentially just a job at that point. They just need yeah. to, they, they believe it cause it's part of their job.
0: Or I'm not, yeah, I don't care to play games with people that are just trying to profit off of misinformation.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Who would you say, so, Miles? Probably uh, Joseph uh, Merkela. He's okay. um, one of the leading anti vax people. Um, he has like almost 4 million followers on social media, and he's been just like an anti vax monster for years now, which, you know, like the skeptical movement has been fighting anti vaxxers for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually, there is, kind of a hope in the skeptical movement that um, the efficacy of vaccines to fight COVID would be so obvious and clear that you'd get a lot of change of opinion and the anti-vaxxers would decrease, but uh, that was wrong as fuck. Mm-hmm. And um, anti vax opinions have gr- drastically increased, although the populations and where they're at or how they're talked about have changed. But uh, I think um, vaccine disinformation is probably what I'd like to stop the most. Um, not just in the Western world, but overall, um, vaccines are a really ineffective way to provide healthcare to a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And we need to have them in, in not just America but but abroad to better people's lives because it's such a cheap and simple way to do this. And people that spread this kind of stuff really cause a lot of harm. And it's hard to say any one bad opinion kills anyone, but you know, they develop this culture of um, don't get vaccined and it's just like fake health culture and people really like being in that group and they don't get the vaccine. And sometimes the relatives don't get the vaccine and people die, not just from COVID, but all kinds of things. And it's very deadly. And as much as I dislike people like Graham Hancock, um, Kind of taking people's fascination with archaeology and sending it off into a fairy tale land, so they ignore real science. I think that vaccine deniers are are some of the most malicious spreaders of information in the modern world. So, mm. yeah. Also, like Robert F. Kennedy would be a big one, <laughs> and uh, the guys from Natural News, Spirit I Science, the I w- Spirit Science. I, w- guy. I wonder. Yeah.
1: I wonder what would happen. Is if he Wakefield. still
0: around? Spirit yeah, Science Spirit guy?
1: Spirit Science is still bumping around,
0: right? Oh, the guy's fucking voice and the little animation he has. All
1: knowledge comes from Toth. <laughs> Dude, we should get Spirit Science guy on show. <laughs> Who is an 18 I, I... foot tall Egyptian pharaoh. Yeah, see? Yeah, I forgot about that guy. Wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Pyramids were built from the top down. Okay. <laughs> That's an actual thing. I'm not going to just make it up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh, he's at a million subs. Look at him. He just posted an hour ago.
0: Oh, damn.
1: We only got like
0: 30 subs on our podcast. What the hell, people?
1: He's talking about um, the Maxwell trial and everything. Look at him. Mm. So
0: go unsubscribe from Spirit Science.
1: Oh, he's got a video. Miles, he's got a video called The Hidden Dark Side of COVID-19. The hidden dark The part where it makes it So you can't breathe and die <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's been such a It's been such a roller coaster of joy so far I'm glad
1: yeah. somebody is <laughs> I'm gonna watch this Miles And bring that as my Video topic tomorrow Like next time <laughs> Yeah <laughs> The floating geodomes On Mars and Venus Bunch, oh. of, bunch of weirdos i just listen off Spirit science That was you know, a good outside. question though I like that question that is a good
0: question thanks a lot for coming on the show Russ do you want to send anybody to your socials or more about your stuff people can go check it out
2: yeah just um, so like I said AIPT AIPTcomics.com slash science we're doing a whole month in February where every single day we're posting something about skepticism in pop culture or skepticism of pop culture and uh, Miles may even have something coming up for that.
0: So. Yeah, I'm going to write a little thing about um, the Internet's obsession with Tesla and what's true and what's not true. Oh.
2: And uh, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. I'm doing a, a series about the subtle skepticism in Bob's Burgers. If you oh. know, you know. There are some good skeptical episodes in there. Uh, we got some book reviews. Um, what else have we got? Oh, a skeptical look at uh, using data and the definition of the word cult to see if the X-Men under Jonathan
0: Hickman qualify as a cult. They're pretty culty.
2: Yeah. and uh, That's a spoiler. I don't know
0: if people have read Hickman's (laughs) X-Men, but I'm going to go out on the cult angle, knowing none of the arguments but having read the book.
2: Yeah. Uh, We've got some stuff on the reciprocal relationship between pop culture and conspiracy theories. Uh, I got a bioethicist talking about right to try vis-a-vis the Spider-Man story, the clone conspiracy. Nobody oh, cool. remembers that. And uh, you know, lots of other cool stuff. Just go and check it out. Click the science drop down, and you'll find everything cool that's.
0: And they uh, got the an abridged little write-up about my comic after the Gold Rush. You can check it out. Oh, look
2: yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, go and search for after the Gold Rush. We've got those. We did those like director's cuts where I asked you yeah. to kind of unpack some things.
0: It's a That's pretty really good comic. So, yeah, everybody, it was really good to um, get back on the show. Sorry we've been gone for a while. So this would be season two, episode one. And we also have the episodes on um, YouTube now. So please go subscribe to that. I'll start editing episode two. So obviously we'll be behind, but we'll be getting them out there. And this will be really fun. Um, also, I got to hear the I got to go see Built the Spill, the band that plays their theme song. So that was pretty freaking rad. And they actually played the song while I was there. That's awesome. Yeah, it was super awesome. I was like, oh, shit, that's the classic music (laughs) theme song. Um, We do use that with permission. I messaged them, and they told me it was okay to use it, so so everybody knows that, so nobody sue us or get mad. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, stay curious, and get vaccinated, and uh, get something good to eat, and stay hydrated. Bye. Bye. I say bye, guys. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye. (laughs)